0: You like that?
1: That's how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another. One. Tony Bruno! See? Give me notes.
2: Tony Bruno.
1: Can you say it real fast now?
2: Tony Bruno.
1: Nice. Can you say it real slow now?
2: Tony Bruno. Can you get deeper? Deeper.
0: <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. And now. Oh, Tony Bruno. Stop it! Here is Tony Bruno.
1: Hi, hi. How are you today? Welcome, kids. It is July fifteenth already. And you know what that means, Miss Robin.
3: What does that mean, Tony? It Bruno? means
1: summer's really going too fast, and it's almost over. Well, it's still good. People don't count after September after Labor Day as summer. Summer doesn't end until September twenty-first. But September after Labor Day, football starts. Kids are in school, so nobody thinks of it as summer. Right. So basically,
3: Especially kids. kids. They're like, it's over.
1: Yeah, right now you have pretty much six more weeks. Not till winter. Six more weeks till fall for many people. So enjoy it while you have it. We were out and about over the weekend. Thank you, by the way, for all of you joining us. The people who are our friends who are there all the time for us. Any of you new folks that we run into and say, hey, tune in to Twitch and watch us every day, Monday to Friday, 1 to 4 p.m. It's a monster Monday. We got so much stuff for you today. I mean... Seriously, I know we say this a lot. I don't know how we're going to do this in three hours. I know.
3: I feel really bad because we actually had to cancel one of the people that we had. We'll do it tomorrow, though. It's unbelievable how much stuff we have do. Because
1: coming up on the show today live, ladies and gentlemen, we will do it live at 2.30, an hour and a half from right now. I called him this morning thinking he was in Philly, but he wasn't because the Dodgers are in town. And Charlie Steiner, you remember him from ESPN days. You remember him from SportsCenter days. You remember him from boxing days. You remember him as the voice of the Dodgers, and he still does the Dodgers, but Charlie Steiner has a new deal where he doesn't travel all the time. He's got that Vin Scully-type contract now where he does Dodger home games, and he doesn't go anywhere west of Los Angeles. So he basically does all the home games in Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Francisco in that time slot. He don't, I don't think he goes to Arizona. He basically does all the games in California. Wow. And then says, screw the rest of the country. I don't blame him.
3: I'm a no, little I'm bummed, kidding. though, that he's not going to be in studio because I really love watching him come with stacks of papers.
1: No, that's not Charlie Steiner, Robin. You're thinking of Chuck Wilson. I'm
3: thinking of Chuck Wilson. Oh, I already oh. have to already
1: in the show.
3: Damn it. Chuck Wilson's not the voice of the Dodgers. I know, I know, I Jesus. know. Jesus. God, that's really. And you I, met. You met Chuck Wilson. I know. I can't. You never met my... Charlie
1: in L.A. out no. there, did you? No, I did it's not. A disgrace. Sorry. Anyway, Charlie will join us live, and you want to talk about stream of consciousness. There is so much to talk about with Charlie. First of all, from baseball during the Dodgers, our times together, and he's the guy that discovered me. I always tell people that. I would not be on national radio if it were not for Charlie Steiner.
3: I don't know how I got those two confused. What's the matter with you, Robin? There is something wrong with me this morning.
1: There really is. Did you get your Adderall yet?
3: No. There we go. I have an excuse. They're still out. It is a national outage. There's going to be a lot of horrible things happening with people that have ADHD. There already is.
1: Everybody with ADHD, ADD, ADHD, whatever the hell kids who need to do homework it's the biggest scam by the way in the history of modern medicine the Adderall thing
3: well there's a lot of people that don't need it but the people that do need it really do need it and they No I there's
1: don't. a lot of kids who found out about it because they had their parents had it and then they took it and realized they can study all night and get ready for school that's what it is it's basically basically speed that's well, what yeah, it is it's it speed. is it's
3: an amphetamine and
1: speed kills robin as you well know <laughs> So anyway, I don't, listen, thank God I don't have ADHD or ADD. Thank God I have a laser focus on everything that's going on yeah. every single day. Even though I'm years, 17 years your senior.
3: Tony lives right not. next to the denial.
1: No, the denial runs down there on the Delaware Avenue. It's ridiculous. You don't see me forgetting things. I, I, I don't forget. I just may misplace them, and then eventually I pull them down out of the stratosphere. That's how my mind works. But then again, I I can't get rid of RAM. I can't, you know, in computers you can delete files and you can get rid of all the dead files. Misplaced. All the dead files in my head, you can't get rid of those things yeah. as a human being. You can in a computer.
3: Yeah, you can clear the cache.
1: Clear the cache. Not the, well, that I cleared I the cache when I got the divorce, unfortunately. <laughs> That's a different problem for a different show, Robin. The the cache has been cleared and it gets cleared every month still. But thank you for reminding me, Robin. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, we got a lot of stuff today. Of course, the big story, I know we'll talk baseball, but woke up this morning with the sad news, the death of a Hall of Fame boxer. And I'm talking about boxing when boxing was king in this country. Boxing now, let's be honest. You know, nobody knows any of these guys. There's some great young, the lightweight fighters, the guys in the the lighter weight classes, they're the ones who are drawing all the action right Mm -hmm. now. You know, the heavyweight division is pretty much who the hell are these guys, with all due respect to the people working and fighting. You know, and you still have Oscar De La Hoya. Not Oscar De La Hoya, but your buddy, Senator Manny Pacquiao, will be fighting again this weekend. I'm going to refer to him as Senator Manny Pacquiao from now on, because he is a senator, you know, in the Philippines. Yes. And then every once in a while he gets tired of doing legislation. And he decides, hey, I want to fight again.
3: Either that, or he gets really, refus- frustrated with doing legislation and he needs to let off some steam.
1: Exactly. So we'll talk about Maddie. But Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker, one of the great, and I, when people die, we always say one of the greats. he truly was one of the greatest boxers in American history. Guy grew up down in uh, Virginia. And I remember seeing him, and that's Charlie and I were there together in 1984 mm-hmm. at the Summer Olympics in Los Angeles when Pernell Whitaker was one of the American boxers. Remember Evander Holyfield? Pernell Whitaker both were boxing in the 84 Summer Games in Los Angeles. Charlie and I were covering boxing back then. And so this morning, we find out yesterday, he's walking across the street in Virginia Beach, and he gets hit by a car and dies at the age of 55. I mean, those are the kind of shocking facts. We're like, wow. Guy crossing the street
3: I I wasn't gets even hit like, by a car. Not even in a car No, he was,
1: he, got, he was crossing the street. He was a world champion in four different weight divisions. He had lightweight, junior welterweight, welterweight, middleweight. An incredible fighter. One of the most skilled guys you will ever see. If you've never seen Pernell, there's plenty of video of him. The guy had unbelievable defense. Now you see guys just go out there, and this guy was one of the greatest defenders as far as protecting himself and then counterattacking. Lightning quick speed. He had a couple of controversial decisions. In fact, Charlie Steiner was at one of the fight, probably the most one of the most controversial endings in boxing history. And there's a lot of them in boxing. As you know, you and I saw a couple of them in Vegas. Yes.
3: Now, I have running in the background without the sound, I have uh, some highlights of Sweet Pea's yeah, career. Uh, he,
1: just an incredible fighter. An incredible guy. He had some issues with cocaine. It hurt him later in his career. He got his life back together, retired, obviously. But his uh, the worst decision was in San Antonio, Texas, the home of A.J. in San Antonio. Back in March of 1993, Julio Cesar Chavez, he was the junior welterweight champion. He moved up to welterweight so he can fight Purnell Sweet P. Whitaker. And by anybody's account who watched this fight, just like when you and I watched the fight, uh-huh. and we we're like, okay, this fight's over, people are leaving, and then they they announced the decision, and we we're like, what?
3: Yeah. What, 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 what? what?
1: And so anyway, they give it, a, they make it a majority draw. Two of the judges had it 115-115, and Whitaker, in that situation, loses to Julio Cesar Chavez, and the place went crazy. So anyway, we'll talk with Charlie about Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker when he joins us at 230 We'll talk some baseball. The Dodgers are in town. Speaking of uh, baseball, what a weekend. We were on Friday night doing the end of the night show here. Yep. Live, watching the Angels game as they honored Tyler Skaggs. And what an emotional, incredible night. Luckily, we're on until 1 a.m. Yeah. So we got to see the end of the game live. It when was they amazing. not only get the combined no-hitter, but then everybody's wearing number 45, and they put their jerseys around the mound. I mean, it started mm. off with, His mom throwing out the first pitch.
3: And what a pitch it was. Yeah,
1: she was awesome. And then everybody was so emotional. And then Mike Trout, the very first pitch in the game, hits a home run 454 feet. Skaggs number 45. Coincidence? How about the other stuff? All these uh, people have seen this over the weekend, but if you weren't paying attention because you're on vacation, just the the seven runs in the first inning, 13 runs for the game, 7-13. That's his birthday. July 13th. Interesting. What's interesting to note is that Skagg's birthday was the last time that a no-hitter was thrown in, the, in California. And you know the last time before Friday night's game, the combined no-hitter, a no-hitter was thrown in the state of California, not by the Angels. It was on the day he was born. That's right. It was July 13th, 1991. Wow. And a no-hitter was thrown on his birthday, July thirteenth, two 2019. So the unbelievable mathematical, numerical yeah. coincidences in this game are just incredible.
3: I mean, Me- if anybody's into numerology, there was a lot of stuff going on with these numbers
1: for that game. I may have to play 4-5-4 today in the daily lottery drawing. But anyway, it was just an amazing night. And we got we got to see it live. In fact, we were waiting till we actually extended the show past one o'clock because mm-hmm. I wanted to see the no. I wanted to see the no hitter. Yeah, you don't you don't broad, turn off the broadcast when you got a no hitter. We can do whatever we want here because we don't have a hard out at one a.m. when we're doing the night show. But it was great to watch, and it was an unbelievable night. So while that's going on, so then you fast forward to yesterday in Baltimore where a crowd of 14,000 were on hand to watch the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles on a hot Sunday afternoon of the summertime in the summer, as the Tampa Bay Rays were looking for a complete game, not just a complete game no-hitter, a complete combined perfect game in Baltimore, meaning no walks, no hits. They use two pitchers. They go to the ninth inning, and the Baltimore Orioles lead it off with a base hit, a leadoff single by Hanser Alberto, and he hit it through the shift. So they were shifting on the right side because obviously he doesn't hit the ball that way, except he hit the ball the other way, and boom, that ended the perfect game, ended the no-hitter, but the Rays go on to win it. And after he got that base hit, Alberto, the fans in Baltimore looking for something to cheer about, looking for a ray of hope in a summer of absolute disgracefulness, They gave the Baltimore Orioles a standing ovation for breaking up a perfect game in the ninth inning. But the team lost anyway. Thanks for participating, Oriole fans. I don't blame the fans. They're just good people who want to watch baseball. Right. It's not their fault that the team's a total shit show, is it? No. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, they're basically, it's a royal flush out. You know you want the royal flush? But they got a Royal flush out going in Kansas City. So
3: that, that would be what they don't want.
1: No, the fans don't want <laughs> it. But the team is basically <laughs> just bra- they're breaking it apart. They started their selling spree. And it's going to continue. And then a lot of teams are going to do this. They got high contracts. They want to rebuild. And it happens in all sports. And the Royals, just a couple of years ago, they were like battling for the World Series. Remember? Everybody was excited about the Royals. Then what happens? Something went terribly, terribly wrong. So now they've traded... The guy who looked like he was shot and actually was pitching well this year, Homer Bailey, who's been around, he was traded today to the Oakland Athletics for a double-A infielder. So the A's, who are red hot, they've won four in a row over the weekend. They've won over the weekend with another sweep, and they actually got their sweep on a walk-off run, scoring from first base on an error. So there's a there's a, there's a ball that's hit. He's thinking They're thinking double play, error, And the runner scores from first base. And all of a sudden, ladies and gentlemen, your Oakland A's are hot. So now back to the Royals. They traded Homer Bailey. They have Jake Diekman, former Philly. He's probably on the block. They don't really need Jake Diekman. Or maybe their their closer, Ian Kennedy. So he may be on the block. So teams that are looking for pitchers, obviously, they're a priority right now for a lot of teams down the stretch. It's the second half of the season. Look out. You may see Jake Diekman move. You may see Ian Kennedy moving. You already saw Homer Bailey. And look for a lot of teams. The Giants are probably gonna deal a couple of their pitchers, their closer who's incredible. So that's what's gonna happen between now and the end of July. Meanwhile, we had sweeps over the weekend. The Cubs take three from the Pirates. I mentioned the A sweep, the White Sox. It was Chad Pinder who scored from first base on a throwing error to win that ball game in walk-off fashion. But two of my favorite, two of my favorite stories of the weekend. Not because people are hurt. I don't like seeing people get hurt. But we have massage injuries, not massage envy. You know what, massage envy isn't that a chain of massage joints? Massage yes, envy? I actually have
3: a gift certificate. for I know there, we need I'm, to use I
1: it. I know it better not expire, Robin. It better
3: not. I agree. I won that. It's like one of the few things. That I, I know won. we
1: paid hundred dollars at a charity auction, and you know you put it, you put the little things in the different boxes for things that you're interested in. You know, you buy a whole bunch of little tickets, and then there's the tables, and there's, and there's massages, and then there's dinners. And all the different things. It was one of those auctions, right? I don't even remember what the event was, but it was a charity event. It was
3: a cancer right. charity. Right, so
1: we went, we, I said, let's get $100 worth of tickets, and we never win anything. It's just about making yes. the charitable the donation. But Robin put one in the Massage Envy box. Uh, it's usually little shopping bags. Mm-hmm. And she won the uh, – but it may be – I hope it doesn't expire, Robin. I hope so, too. I hope you, found, hope you haven't lost the Massage Envy thing. No. But speaking of Massage Envy, one of the things, ladies and gentlemen, that we had over the weekend, in case you missed it, is a situation involving not Robert Kraft type massages. These were legit massages, apparently. And you have two Major League Baseball players. Well, one happened this weekend. And it's a familiar name, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta leave this oh, up, oh, Robin. Yeah. This is
3: That's what you were actually trying to do. This is I Johnny mean.
1: Gill. <laughs> this is the this is the music that I wanted for this song. Because they got rubbed the wrong way. Johnny Gill, back in the day, he was rubbing you the right way. You know what I'm saying, Johnny? So, Blue Jays closer, another former Philly, Ken Giles, has now been shut down because he has nerve inflammation in his right elbow. Apparently, happened during a massage. What? He asked during the All Star break, Ken Giles. Now, uh. he's had arm inflammation issues before. Like he's got a bone spur. Like I have a floating bone spur in this, but I'm not a major league I'm pitcher. I'm
3: picturing I'm picturing one of those big, rough and tumble Swedish ladies with a big. No, you know, like no. a Swedish massage. No,
1: these are like sports massages. This isn't like a guy goes into a, a massage oh, parlor. Oh no,
3: but yeah, but you, you know, like uh, her name Hilda. Hilda. <laughs> you know, Hilda.
1: Why is that? Why do they always have to be named Hilda, Robin?
3: Because that's what I'm picturing in my mind. You know, she's got the Hilda. Yes. I give you massage now.
1: They don't say that. That's not the way they speak in Orchids of Asia down there no, in uh, No, 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 because
3: they're, they're Asian mas- masseuses. But Hilda, she is going to give you very hard massage. I
1: don't think that's what happened in this case with <laughs> Ken Giles.
3: No? So,
1: seriously, during the All-Star break, he went and got his elbow massaged. And they must have tweaked him a little bit too hard. So now he's, he couldn't pitch yesterday. But that's not the most bizarre massage injury this year. Again, not counting Robert Kraft. He did that voluntarily. And he was not that was not the right. same type of a he didn't get a massage because he was going to go help this team lift up the the Lombardi trophy again right. as world as a NFL Super Bowl champions in with New England. The best one was earlier in the year in May. Not that long ago. Have not bring
3: leave this up. I got to have this in the Okay, because I'm just I'm just bringing it down a little bit hoping that we won't get muted later. That's why I right, am not going
1: to get muted. Nobody mutes this show. You know what I'm saying? The other one was uh, my favorite one. It happened to your Houston Astros shortstop, Carlos Cor- Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa was getting a massage at home. Now that's the thing that really, that really uh, made me think. I get it. People have home masseuses. They have home rub- m- m- massage tables. You know, athletes who make a lot of money. They can bring in a massage. Your mom brings in a masseuse, right? A lot of people do home massage. Absolutely. They call somebody to bring the table over. But Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros in May had a home massage. And guess what happened there? <laughs> he had his he broke, he fractured a rib during a home See? massage.
3: Hilda was a little too
1: rough. How do you fracture a rib getting a home massage?
3: It was either Hilda or <laughs> or it was one of those... Uh,
1: or Sven, or one of those guys. Where,
3: or it's one where they walk on top of you. You know, they do the... the where like and Yeah, it, I, and I used
1: to love that. When I was a kid, well, when we were younger, right? Our backs hurt. We used to say, hey, have one of your friends walk right. on your back.
3: Crack my back. Yeah, walk And
1: it. not realizing that that's really not the smart thing to do. It's not smart to have somebody walk on your back. No. Thinking that it's going to feel good if your back hurts. Correct. That's not the way to do it. Because you can fracture a rib. But Carlos Correa fractured a rib getting a massage in his house in May, and now Ken Giles gets his arm massaged, and he hurts his elbow. This is an outrage out there. Just, see, nothing safe anymore. You can't do anything anymore. No. You can't cross the street in Virginia Beach at night, and you can't get a massage at home. It's ridiculous, man. Just
3: say no to Hilda. Exactly. Or Sven.
1: First of all, are you going to invite somebody in your house who's never you've never had a massage from? I'm not saying you're worrying about well, them doing it, anything there wrong. There has to be
3: a first time. I mean.
1: No, but you find out about somebody and they say, hey, I only do outpatients or out. What would you call it? Is that a client? Home clients. visit. Home yeah. visit clients. But are you just going to, like, go on the Craigslist and look for a massage therapist and then say, hey, yeah, why don't you come over to the house at 2 this afternoon? Well,
3: I think Philly Special <laughs> 610 said uh, has done just that and said, I got a massage on Saturday night. Very relaxing. The stress. Oops. The stress just spewed out of me at the end. Yeah,
1: but where do you... Uh...
3: Get it? Spewed out of them? Yeah,
1: I get it. That was <laughs> it was a happy unfortunately,
3: end. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> these two Major League Baseball... Not so happy. ...were yet. not happy ending no, no. massages, not not so unfortunately. So happy. Yes. Well, we have breaking hockey news alert. Every minor trade, according... Listen, I love Trevor from the 203. He is a hockey yes. aficionado. Yes, he is. But this is an alert, he says, so I must have to put this in the breaking news. Uh, yes. Because when news breaks on this show, we fix it first. Avalanche have acquired forward Andrei Burakowski from your Washington Capitals for Scott Kosma- uh, Kosmachuk, second and third round picks in 2020, according to Ryan Clark of The Athletic. So your Colorado Avalanche, Andrei Burakowski Kosmachuk, from the Caps for Scott Kosmachuk, Kosmachuk, I think it is, second and third round. I don't know these Slavic guys. I don't know every player. See, that's 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 the hardest part about doing stuff. My, I mean, to know every player on yeah. every team now and how
3: to pronounce them.
1: Exactly. Listen, I'm good at pronunciation. I'm a multilingual guy. Yes, you are. Bicostal, multilingual, and trisexual. You can't be any more diverse. That. You can't be any more diverse than that, Robin. When it now, comes now, Dean
3: to is saying that ninety percent of all people who get CPR get cracked ribs. Is that true? Is that pr- that well that's like a a, re-
1: yeah but that's an emergency situation where yes. when you know your life is in jeopardy and somebody grabs you from behind. Well, and
3: I know that when cuz 9 what percentage of he people He says 90% I don't that know like I need really statistics. High. But I do know that um th- when you are trained in CPR that mm-hmm. is one of the things that you have to be careful of because they say that you you know you have all this adrenaline running through you because yeah, you're trying to save somebody's exactly. life. Or
1: especially if you don't know CPR yeah. and you think you do, right. and then you go up and grab somebody and break their ribs, but they do spit out the chicken wing, like Buddy Ryan no, had one of those No, you're thinking of the
3: Heimlich maneuver. That's, no, the no, no, Heimlich
1: is from behind.
3: That's the Heimlich maneuver when you're trying CPR to... CPR is when, you do, CPR, when you, yeah, you're pushing right, the chest and you're trying to... And, you,
1: and then you make out with the person and you blow yes. air in there and you hope he blows air out. Yeah. And it's somebody that's been in the water and is presumed dead and then he spits out water like in all the stupid movies do and they come back to life. Right. That's CPR, mm-hmm. that's right and I'm thinking of the and, and
3: and it's so so not true because usually if that happens, then they're going to throw up at the same time. It's not just clear water that's coming out. Yeah, exactly. That's just all That's
1: why I don't watch that TV crap. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we got sad news today in baseball too. Word out this morning that Bob Gibson, one of the greatest, and I when I say one of the greatest, he is truly one of, the, and not only just great, one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball history. Bob Gibson is starting chemotherapy today in Omaha, Nebraska, where he lives. Uh, He alerted the Hall of Fame members that he has been battling pancreatic cancer. He's been in the hospital for two weeks in Omaha. Uh, He's announced that, yes, doctors found pancreatic cancer, starting chemo today. He turns 84 in November, and the baseball community, the St. Louis Cardinal fans, anybody who's watched baseball, who saw Bob Gibson pitch in his prime, guy in the 60s this guy you won't see guys like this anymore first of all I told you about Steve Carlton in 72 Mm -hmm. Bob Gibson was just an absolute demon he's one of the guys I talk about Will Chamberlain when he played Will Chamberlain was so dominant that the NBA changed rules to try to slow him down he's one of the few players where they changed rules in the game because Will Chamberlain was so dominant Bob Gibson was so dominant as a pitcher he's the one that he ch- he forced baseball to lower the mound from 15 inches to 10 inches because they thought this guy uh, is getting every- he's striking that. everybody out and so after his two most dominant seasons in 67 when the St. Louis Cardinals went to the World Series mm-hmm. and beat the Boston Red Sox in one of the greatest seven-game series ever here's what bob gibson did in the 67 world series he started three games which is nowadays you won't see a guy th- start three world series games for a no. team you could, but they would have to have rainouts. And anyway, he started three World Series games, won them, and pitched complete games in all three of them. Three complete game wins for the Boston, for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals in the '67 World Series. Comes back in '68 and puts up one of the most dominant seasons in baseball history in 1968. And I remember seeing this as a kid, because remember I'm 16 now, so I'm I'm fully mature. I've already had sex. I've smoked cigarettes. I've drank alcohol. I've done all of the irresponsible things that teens did back in the 60s. Oh, good because for Because that's you. what we did. You know, when we had, we would march against the war, and we had, like, real issues. We didn't need to go get Adderall back then. We would go outside and get out of the house every once in a while. And so we were more balanced. Even though we were deranged, we were more safely deranged than today's modern-day deranged people who need Adderall. Just saying. So anyway... Bob Gibson in 1968 <laughs> goes 22 and 9, 22 and 9, ERA of 1.12, 13 shutouts, 268 strikeouts, 60 so and and also complete games, 28 complete games in 33 decisions. Now there are entire divisions in baseball that don't have 28 complete games in a season. Those guys, nobody is talking about, oh, he's his pitch count. He's up to 100 pitches. Get him out of there.
3: Swedish chef Back then, men
1: were men. You threw complete games because you were a man.
3: Not only that, he says that Bob Gibson pitched a game on a broken leg once.
1: Exactly. This is when men were men. Bob Gibson was one of the all-time most dominant guys. And then I said, after the 68 season... When they see this guy, you know, pitch three complete games in the World Series in 67, wins 22 games, has 268 strikeouts, they're saying, we got to do something about this. We can't have guys striking all these guys out. The mound's too high because, you know, the higher the mound, the better the the pitcher can can get power and strength. Okay. So they said, let's lower the mound to 10 inches. Maybe we'll neutralize guys like Bob Gibson. And they didn't. He goes out and wins another 20 games and has another dominant season. So and that's when the American. Then after that, the American League was worried about runs, and they put the DH in. So back in those days, dominant pitchers would shut teams down, and then they were worried about, oh, you know, we need more offense here. What gimmick can we use? And so they lowered the mound, and it didn't work. It didn't matter. When you're dominant, you're dominant.
3: Now were they were they tracking the speed of the balls back then too? Like they? Nah, did they, they, not? they had
1: a guy sitting behind there. I don't, in the 70s, they didn't do that, they didn't know you. They didn't know all this stuff. Listen, I'm not knocking technology you know uh, exit velocity and uh, all the nonsense it's not nonsense it's stats but there's too many stats baseball already has too many stats it always has that's what makes it interesting but now with analytics you're just even more stats here's the pitch count here's the uh uh, the the, uh, the trajectory here's the launch angle Here's the exit velocity.
3: Well, interesting. Philly Special 610 says, you know, with the juiced balls, they should raise the mound again.
1: Yeah, they should do it. It doesn't matter. People like home runs. People aren't complaining. When they juiced the balls back in the 90s, they were coming out of the dead ball era. So baseball did something. They juiced the balls, and then all of a sudden, home runs were jumping out at record numbers. Guys were hitting 60, 70 home runs again. And people dug it. What it did, it, it revitalized and it made more baseball more interesting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to go see one-nothing games. Remember, we're entering that point, the ADHD era, where people before that who had it didn't know it and didn't care. They just went around and did their business. Then it became, ooh, we got to make sure that guy's throwing 85 pitches here in the fifth inning. We better make sure we get somebody up in the bullpen, get them out of there because they're paying these guys gazillions of dollars. So now when they invest hundreds of millions of dollars in players, they're they're like, got to watch the pitch counts up there and then you got to have the two guys warming up in the fifth inning if he's at 65 pitches that's the way the game's changed you know what i'm saying again i'm not knocking it but but that's why the bob gibsons of the world and the steve carltons and the nolan ryans you never saw any of that crap worrying about pitch counts i'm not saying they didn't the people will say well they didn't really care about the athletes back then you know what would happen if the manager went out if Whitey Herzog or Red Shane Deans or any of these managers back in the day went out to try to take a Bob Gibson out in the ninth inning, he'd get yelled at by the pitcher, get the hell out of here. We have tape, I think. Get out! Get out! That's what happened. It's ridiculous. So anyway, that's the Bob Gibson story, and we wish him well. And Pancreatic cancer, though, Robin, as you know.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one.
1: Now, why is the picture of me sitting in a car that's... Uh, am I wa- watching the wrong stream here?
3: I have a feeling you probably are. Whoops.
1: Because I'm looking at the stream, and there's a photograph of me in that uh, McLaren when we were in Arizona, and I'm wearing a Nod shirt. So yeah, I'm obviously, obviously, watching, obviously a watching a pre-recorded <laughs> version of the show while we're live. We're doing this live, Robin.
3: I know. I don't. So what know happened why. to the stream? I think you just accidentally clicked on the wrong one, Tony.
1: Well, there's only there was only one one with my face on it. It's ridiculous, Robin. Okay, let me go to the dashboard. Excuse me while I whip this out here, ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me while I whip this out.
3: <laughs> it's funny. I think that the audience probably knows more about how to watch one of our shows than we do because we're doing it live. We're not watching it. I so. just turn
1: on the stream here, and I see the show from Friday running.
3: Dean's like, just click Bruno Live. I am yeah, clicking it. it's not quite I I simple, am clicking Dean. it. Gladney, North Carolina. We time traveling again? Yes. And by the way, speaking of uh, Bill Gladney, ladies
1: and gentlemen, I got to give it up for him because on Friday night, in case you weren't listening, when we did the late show, we did a day-night doubleheader. We did the end of the night show Friday night, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. while we are watching baseball and having fun with the folks. And Luigi was in here, and people were ripping Luigi because he, a week before, said he was going to be able to get us tickets to go see ELO. Actually, we were going to pay to buy the tickets to go see ELO. And then Luigi looked at the prices. I said, okay. And then Luigi's like, well, no, let's do a, let's get, try to get a group together. And it wasn't going to work because the concert sold out. And that's the second consecutive summer that ELO has sold out the Wells Fargo Center. Right. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. So that's why the prices were expensive. But we had great, great seats. Wait, is Luigi here today? Oh, it's Jack is here.
3: Jack and the I didn't back. even know Jack
1: was coming today. <laughs> Jack just uh, walks in. I didn't even know he was going to be here.
3: So if you look on, so I have just a little bit of sh- of
1: some video uh, some from video the video uh, showing. We had great right seats. Now. We're in 115, which was the row, the lower level, not the floor seats, but the lower level, looking right at the stage. So 16 rows above the stage. Great this is, seats.
3: This is the sound. I mean, my my phone. This is from my phone. The, and the, the lasers. lasers. And, and again, mean, all, all, all... just amazing.
1: All big shows have great sound and great lighting and stuff now. But the, the most amazing thing to me about ELO is Jeff Lynn. Because we see a lot of groups, you know, and then they miss members. And obviously, they're not all the original members of ELO. But Jeff Lynne, just like Credence to me, once John Fogarty left Credence, they could call themselves Credence. They're not. You can't be Credence without John Fogarty. Because there's nobody else, and it probably is, but they haven't found that person yeah. who sounds exactly like John Fogerty. For example, Journey has had like three replacements, right?
3: Right. I mean, they, they well, the guy that's Steve doing Perry it. Steve Perry
1: was the original. Yeah. And then the second guy was pretty good too. And now the next guy is a, is a Filipino He's guy a who a was phenom. a karaoke guy. Yeah. And he sounds just like Steve Perry. It's so amazing. Journey could still tour as Journey, mm-hmm. and they sound like Journey. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. When Jeff Lynne goes,
3: it's gonna be there's more no way they can yeah.
1: perform as ELO. There's no way because you talk about not just great music writers and performers. He's in every song they do. And and he stands up there. And I compared him to Roy Orbison. We ran into Pierre Robert as we were leaving yes. Wells Fargo Center. So I'm talking to Pierre and we're talking about great performers. And I said, Jeff Lynne is does it, is effortless. You almost don't think he's actually singing. He's playing guitar and he's singing and he's not even moving, and it's just amazing to watch him yeah. and listen no, to him. Totally agree. Totally agree. And you agree. can see it—the crowd. And this we isn't at, just old so people. If you're There's a good at this, mix of get, crowd in there. This
3: is this is not zoomed in at all. This is how far away from the stage we were. It was absolutely fantastic, and we cannot thank Bill Gladney enough. Oh man, it was what a, great, a wonderful, great night. wonderful night. And thank you so much. And I do have some other footage. We have stories of uh, the The people around us. us. One guy in particular, as soon as I find it, we'll we'll show it later. (laughs) But there was a guy in front of us that was drunk off his ass. He was there with a bunch of his friends and wives. Yeah, so all all the women
1: sat in one row, (laughs) and then all the husbands sat behind them. And so what happens? The women who are two rows in front of us, they were the first to get up at the very first sound of music. Oh, man. And then they didn't sit down the whole show. And uh, so I'm like, I, I'm not going to yell at them. So, you know, what we had to do, we had to stand up. And really? then the people behind us had to stand up, and then everybody had to stand up to be able to see. Now, they had them on big screens, which yeah. is good, too. But, you know, I want to see the show, too. So I didn't yell at these people. They were having fun. And these were women in their 40s, right? And they were having a great time. Absolutely. And that's what's great about concerts, the music that you grew up with. At ELO, you know, they stopped touring a long time ago, and then they were talked back into it in London by a DJ who said, Hey, to Jeff Lynne. Why don't you go back out and tour again? He said, ah, nobody would come and see us. And then they put together a concert at Hyde Park in London. And this is how I saw it. I didn't even know they were back together again. We were watching Access TV last year, and there's, uh, there's the show in London at Hyde Park. 100,000 people, and they come out, and they weren't even – they were the main event, but the opening act was a big name, and I don't remember yeah, I don't who it was. I don't
3: remember. If somebody can remind us who it was. And then Jeff Lynne
1: didn't realize. You know, he figured, out oh, we're not. by the time we come out there, people aren't here to see us. They were here to see so-and-so, the opening act. But when he went out there, the people went crazy. They were there to see ELO again. And they've been touring now every single day, it seems, for the last three years since they did that show in London. And so they just travel from city to city, and they just still sound great, man. So they were amazing. I'm glad I got to see them before I go or Jeff Lynn goes. You know, because we're both getting older and you don't know how long you're gonna be around. And so I'm glad I got to see him live.
3: Well, here, here, Tony, just since we're talking about it yes. really, really quick. This is so funny. I don't know who he is. He was having a blast. This is not a criticism of anything other than the fact that he did not have rhythm. But this but he guy, wasn't he
1: wasn't like falling oh, no, no, down no, no, no. drunk, Robin. This, he was feeling good. He
3: was feeling good. But let me tell you, this was white guy rhythm like No oh, Tomorrow. Yeah. He
1: just was just a little <laughs> bit out just, of sync. He
3: just, but he, he just, was still
1: fun. He was fun to watch. Okay. I love watching people so have a good time. It's,
3: it's the awesome. guy. <laughs> hold on. He, so so oh, let sorry. me turn up the the volume just a little bit. Pump up the volume. And then just, the guy is just awesome. He talk about.
1: White guy wasted. Yes.
3: So there he is. You have to see it along with. So and he's like making all these things, these like. He's he's visualizing the words with his uh-huh. actions.
1: He's like doing like me. I conduct sometimes yeah. on the show, but he was a little bit off.
3: A little, just a little bit off. A little bit oh. off. At least he wasn't singing along with it, and we would have to hear that.
1: That's how good but they sound like- man. He was doing fist pumps oh, that yeah. were completely it out of sync. It so,
3: was uh, It was just it was fun <laughs> watching him. Now, actually, my favorite story of the night, though, was the kid that is sitting on the other side of me. Um, he looked like he was probably 16-ish, mm-hmm. and it was clear that he was in the autism spectrum. I
1: was taking a dive, by the yeah. way, during this song, because I love it. The violin chick comes out there and... Such a great song, The Living Thing.
3: So he, he was in the autism spectrum. I'm not... But but um, at the beginning of the show, when it was still dark, uh, be, before ELO came out, his dad kept asking him, are you okay? Are you okay? So obviously, I mean, anybody that knows anybody that's in the in the spectrum, they know that loud sounds, lights, uh, bright lights right. can oftentimes trigger uh, episodes. And the, the boy kept saying, I'm okay, dad. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then when the lights went down and the elo was getting ready to come up. He turned to his dad and he goes, "Dad, this is this is going to be the best ever." And he knew every single word yeah, to every single song. Amazing. The the lights did not bother him apparently. He was just really into it. And it was awesome to see.
1: Yeah, we don't get out much to concerts. But that was a great great show and I'm glad we got to do it and thank you Bill Gladney in North Carolina. He's going to come up this way soon. Because he, he got the tickets for us at last minute, Friday night, yeah, online. Uh, and they were phenomenal. It was just a phenomenal show. I think all the people who went to the Phillies game instead of going to the concert made the wrong call.
3: Yes, they did. And then we
1: were leaving the Wells Fargo Center, and Rob and I take the Broad Street subway. So we get on the subway, and I said, oh, the Phillies game must be over. But they didn't bring the lights down in Citizens Bank Park, as you see it as you walk toward the Broad Street subway there at Patterson Avenue. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let's get out of here, because... If the Phillies games, you know, people are waiting for the fireworks because that was Friday night. and They did it Saturday right. night also. So we start walking, and I said, they didn't start the fireworks. So let's just get downstairs in the subway and get the hell out of here. And as soon as we get to Broad and Snyder, we get off, and I hear then the fireworks start. And you can see them from Broad and Snyder. That was the highlight of the night for the Phillies, unfortunately, after they blew that game in, in the ninth inning and lose the ball game. But anyway, it was a fun, fun Friday night, and it was great to go out and see legendary people like that. Coming up on the show, as I mentioned, Jim Ross from JR's Barbecue. Now, he's not live, but we went over over yesterday morning. Talk about a crazy weekend. We get up, we go over to Dave & Buster's because we knew that Jim Ross was coming in from uh, Jacksonville where Mm -hmm. on Saturday night his new AEW wrestling organization had a big show. And he was going to fly into Philly and then do a meet and greet with fans here in Philly. Of course, WWE had its extreme rules last night. And you know how you know a pay-per-view works in wrestling? When people complain about it. Because that's what they do. This is the genius. But
3: explain that to me.
1: So the genius of WWE, and then Jim Ross was a part of it forever. I mean, he's, a, he's the legendary voice of wrestling. And there's nobody that can dispute that. Now he's got his own organization. Uh, Mr. Khan down there. Shahid Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and his son are behind this wrestling organization. People were complaining about that pay per view, but for the most part, people watch it because it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So the WWE puts on their extreme rules last night. Now, Jim Ross wasn't in town for that, but he was smart enough to know that you know, he knew the event was going to be in yeah. Philly. And he flew up here and he scheduled this meet and greet in a big room in Dave and Buster's down on the river here, right yep. near the Ben Franklin Bridge. And there, were, there was a line of people. It was a line. I mean, a line went all the way now, outside.
3: Now, he was originally scheduled to arrive in Philadelphia that morning on a flight, but it was delayed. So by the time he got there, he was probably about an hour behind schedule, Yeah, because
1: we, we had arranged to meet with him at 1 o'clock, and at one thirty he was going to start his meet and greet. So people who paid just to sit down, get an autograph, say hi, shake his hands, they're waiting in line already for yeah, him to show up. and he was
3: there, by the way. Because we don't want to forget about him. He was there with Conrad Thompson. Exactly. Um, w- whom he does a podcast, podcast with. with mm-hmm. um, and he's known as Hey, Hey, It's Conrad on Twitter. Right.
1: And Conrad Thompson is married. Do you know who he's married to, Robin?
3: I don't. Who is he married to? He's
1: married to a legendary wrestler. He's married to a legendary lo- wrestler's daughter. I'll see if people know the answer to that. But anyway, I'm still not getting. Today's program up on
3: my board, Robin. Okay, I'll help you in just a second. I'm watching before, camel races. Before we go any further, because I don't want to forget, um, I want to give a big shout-out to my fantastic son, Christian Austin. He turned 27 today. Damn. Uh, I know. He's
1: smart, though. I'm gonna. Here's what Christian does, because he lives here in Philly. He went to Drexel, and he lives here year-round. But he knows that we're the only family that he has in Philly, so he does the smart thing, <laughs> because... If he were here in Philly, we're doing a show today. Yeah. We would come by, probably take him out to dinner. And he'd say, ah, screw it. I don't want to be with you guys. I'll go out to California where I can go and see my grandfather, my grandmother, my dad. And I'll get greased by a whole bunch of people. And I'll have my ass kissed by a whole bunch of people, not just my mom and her boyfriend. So that's let me give him a roaring
3: round of applause. Well, he also was going out there for work. It was a it was a yeah, I, uh, But he was able to arrange the work thing. Oh yeah,
1: seat. right. So, you
3: know, hey. I hate to be a skeptic. I'm
1: not a conspiracy theorist, Robin. I'm not part of QAnon. But I'm telling you right now. That's a smart young man right there. Now, Swedish get greased by more people, get greased by just two people, or get greased by 20 people. What are you going to get greased by? Swedish chef? Yes.
3: (laughs) His birthday was yesterday. So on behalf of both my son and the Swedish chef...
1: Yeah, play a little birthday. This is your birthday song. It a very long. You know, it's a big birthday week. My mom's 95th birthday is coming up this week. My best friend Buddy's birthday is coming up this week. Jack's daughter's birthday is coming up when? Actually, it was the second. Oh, he already passed? Wait a minute, Jack. What's the matter with you? we got to get Jack to sit down here for a couple of seconds. I don't want him yelling across the room.
3: No. Oh. uh, Okay, get closer. Get real close because, I, you know, I have it Move far Move closer
1: away. to your world, my friend, and you'll see.
3: <laughs> All right, now you're on. Right. You are Now, lie. Jack
1: is here, ladies and gentlemen. Jack yeah. is the man who, who who was dodging bullets last week.
3: Taking bullets. The uh,
1: you know, I, I shit bullets most of the time, but Jack was actually <laughs> dodging real bullets. Yeah. Here in Philadelphia, which is hard to believe because there really aren't men. There's not a lot of gun violence in this town.
4: I went back and looked. There was a fatality that.
1: Oh no! Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. And Jack is a former police officer, but he wasn't packing, so he couldn't return fire. He just got the hell out of there, right?
4: I I did. And then over the weekend,
1: unfortunately, it's happening in all these cities. There was a there were seven people shot on Saturday night during a neighborhood basketball game slash cookout. One thing I've learned. In the city in the summertime, the one place you want to avoid is cookouts or barbecues with a large group of people around. Yeah. Because for some reason, whenever people barbecue outside and there's a bunch of people, something bad happens. Well, You know, there's one person argues with another person. They go home. And again, I don't know what happened in particular. But when seven people get shot at a barbecue basketball slash basketball game. Well,
3: you know, it's like fish in a barrel. As far as no, but I mean,
1: somebody knows somebody, nobody's going what I'm out saying, there, That's though.
3: But they're, but, but they, if if there's any kind of issue going on, and if it's that kind of uh environment where shooting happens, a well, it's it it an
1: environment that what since it's when is a barbecue or, or cookout something you worry about getting shot at
3: because the shooter realizes that it's fish in a barrel? That's why
1: I don't know. How can you assume that, Robin? Maybe the, the shooter knows somebody there, and they have a grudge, and he goes out and just tries to target those people. That's but he's my not point. trying. The point is, you don't go shoot people you don't know just to try to get the person that you're trying to get. Well, At least, I, not in my world, in my mind, they, maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. You're drawing a conclusion. I'm not. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, I'm about, about we facts.
3: Talk, how about if we talk to the ex police officer? I'm about, and but, but we are
1: still speculating. There's a difference between oh yeah, I know exactly what happened at that barbecue shootout because I know because that somebody's going to go and spray a gunfire around. I'm just I don't know that, that Robin. It, you don't know that, and even Jack is a law enforcement official. people that are shooting
3: up other people, they don't really care.
1: Of course, they don't. That's my point. But that's but that's but the point is, they're you they're using different reasons to do this stuff. It's maybe a get even situation. You know, a lot of this is gang related. So I'm not going to throw a blanket over every single incident and suggest that the same thing's happening at every incident. It's not. People are robbed. You have, how about the woman from Jersey? Woman from Ben Salem? Did you see that story over the weekend? No. A Ben Salem woman goes to the shore up at the Long Beach Island, though, oh, so she wasn't at the South Jersey Shore. What talking about. Did you see that story? 60000 bucks. No, no, no. This is a woman who apparently was driving 75 in a 40-mile-an-hour zone late at night, all liquified up, and the police... Gra- the police stop her and then she starts biting the cops and kicking the cops.
3: biting them
1: Yeah look the story up. I sent it to you. This is in a, this is a Ben Salem New Jersey Bucks County Pennsylvania woman drunk as a skunk at the Jersey Shore. So people do stupid stuff. A lot of times it's alcohol related, sometimes it's revenge motivated. But they all have one thing in common. It's the summertime, it's hot outside and people have no patience. And, P- and road rages. We had a road rage incident this morning where there was a shooting. I mean, it's just out of control.
3: Yeah, here it says a Ben Salem woman led a drunken police chase at the Jersey Shore and then assaulted three officers, biting one in the leg as they were trying to arrest her.
1: Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being that out of control? First of all, you're completely in the wrong. What well, she was doing? 70 and a 35 or something like that. You're doing 70 and a 35. Guess what?
3: Yeah, that's and you're uh, on, a, on an
1: island where there's only one road in and one road out. Somebody's gonna notice you.
3: Yeah, that's um, that's not even just regular speeding. That's there's a special category for that, right? Reckless, uh,
1: reckless, yeah, driving? <laughs> right. reckless driving. Reckless <laughs> driving. There's a whole list of, and then biting a cop, on top of that, three cops are trying to take her down at this point, and she bites one of them. And what else does she do to the yeah, other she two? Was,
3: she was driving seventy in a thirty-five. Mm-hmm. She ignored the officer's command to pull over. Kept driving north on Central Avenue to Seaside Park. She slowed down to 60 miles per hour. Oh, but how kept nice of her. But <laughs> kept weaving in and out of traffic, and the officer was forced to pull off due to the substantial risk of injury to the public. And then Now, how later- old was this slime bag? She was 35. Hmm. And then later, two Seaside police officers responded to a Wells Fargo bank after receiving a call about a suspicious woman. As they were interviewing her, um, the New Jersey State Park police officer pulled up and then told the Seaside Park officer what, they had, what she had done earlier and that they tried to stop her. Um, she appeared intoxicated. She appeared intoxicated? <laughs> they began administering field sobriety tests, and as they tried to arrest the woman, because she was clearly not quite there, um, she resisted, then assaulted all three officers, causing minor injuries, uh, to the pair from Seaside Park and biting the leg of the State Park officer. Wow.
1: They should have had her walk the straight line right into the bay. <laughs> just say, all right, you just keep walking. Here's what you do, miss. See this line right here? And do what they do in soccer. Get that little spray can <laughs> and spray that line. But spray it like, from because it's not wide on, you no. know, on Long Beach Island, not very wide. you got the ocean on one side and then the, the bay on the back side. I would have made a line and have her keep, and just say, all right, keep walking. Just keep walking. And then just had her walk into the water. That would have been the perfect ending see if for I can that night. Let me see if I can find mugshot photo. Oh, yeah. yeah she's... She Listen, there are... <laughs> again, I'm not condemning everybody. I'm only condemning the people who are responsible for these things. I'm not... I'm not saying everybody who's drunk is a criminal.
3: Oh, here's a fantastic photograph. Yes. Of her. She's Let's... lovely. Let's see if we can find the pull this up because before the the other one that you had sent me before just had the story, it didn't have the actual photograph of her. But this is worse. I scan the
1: blog. Not only do I scan all the sports when I get up in the morning. <laughs> I check the police blotter. I check Action News to see how many dumpster fires or shootouts there were over the weekend. That's all the local news is. It is. It is. <laughs> actually, they they actually changed the lineup. Answer. They actually were leading with the New York blackout on Saturday night. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, it, yeah. Hey, <laughs> New, half of New York uh, doesn't have any power. Times Square is all shut down. And uh, uh, But by the way, the mayor is in Iowa looking for votes while his city is, <laughs> is, is in the dark. In it's ridiculous. Wherever the hell he was, New Hampshire.
3: Now here Even she the is... governor
1: of New York had to rip the mayor of New York for not being in New York when the city goes dark. A large, not, a, not the whole city, but a large chunk of midtown Manhattan went dark Saturday night.
3: Now, I am assuming okay. by this photograph... She looks all right there. This is not the mugshot. No, that's this not is, the mugshot. This is, shop. is her driver's, driver's license, yeah, where she's yeah. looking somewhat normal. What's her
1: name in there? I hate to give out names of perks, but I think said Jessica,
3: Jessica Hayes. Hayes. Yeah.
1: Jessica Hayes. It sounds like a porn star. She doesn't <laughs> okay. look like a porn star. The only,
4: the only fighting porn star. <laughs> well, actually, not really. She's well, in those
1: bite me vi- uh, videos. <laughs> <No more. laughs>
3: there is a fetish there for that, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: hey, when the cop says, "Hey, bite me," she took it literally. But anyway, that's your. Bet. And there in you Chicago, go. by the way, in Chicago. 41 people were shot over the weekend, nine dead. God. That's, that's the stuff that's ignored by the politicians. Hmm. They have no clue on how to fix this. They have no clue about anything. That's why I despise all politicians. 99.9% of them are no good. That's my blanket statement for the day. You can throw a blanket over most politicians.
3: And then there was other. There was even more fun news over the weekend, uh, with a major blackout in New York City. Did you just hear me just talking about that, Robin?
1: Are you listening? Yeah,
3: but but the but because of that blackout, all of the different things that happened, including one kind of really cool story.
1: Which one was did that? You,
3: did you read the story about? So there was a the, the couple, regular
1: people who were directing traffic no, because well, the there were lights were all there out. There was all of those mm. types yeah.
3: of stories, but there was one couple that was uh, right in the middle of their wedding at the plaza. Mm-hmm. They. Um, were they, they home alone? At least did the, the lights go the, out? The, the, the lights went did out. Did Joe
1: Pesci come in with the uh, with the guy and uh, pretending they were cops? <laughs>
3: the, so the lights went out.
1: David, what's the guy's name? Daniel Stern, right? It was Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci oh, what is that, from? that were the two home alone cops that were looking That's away to right. rob the yeah, house yes. when Macaulay Calkin was right. alone and his family left yes. him and went to Chicago, the the or they China. went to wherever they went, New York, I think.
3: But the uh, the the couples, you know, everybody's there, mm. um, and. The light suddenly went out.
1: Did they throw the garter at least yet, ever, or uh... no?
3: So, ever all of their friends, they turned on their their camera, uh, their phone lights, mm-hmm. um, and then because the band didn't have any microphones that worked, when the, the band acapella, st- the, when the band started playing, all of their friends, even though they, they 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 started singing the words so that they would be able to play and do their dance, it was actually a really cool story. Well, you got this... a wedding.
1: Spent, first of all, if you're you're getting married at the Plaza Hotel on a Saturday. You know that's big bucks. Yes. People now get married like on Thursday and Friday afternoon so they don't have to pay ridiculous and then, amounts of money. And then
3: I think that then they, after, to take their photographs, um, people went and got their cars yeah. and... Um, Put their headlights on so that the photographs would. I mean, it was. It's just no, a that's cool a cute, story. Listen, right? like, if you're getting married, and, and you're never going to forget that. Especially you know, you at yeah, your divorce,
1: t- You'll, especially in a couple of years when they're divorced and they're bitter and broken, <laughs> they'll never forget the night they, they got will, married.
3: They will never forget those stories. Well, and exactly. uh, good this luck is to that. Pretty them.
4: cool. They, uh, they used the instruments that didn't require power, like yep. a saxophone, trumpet. yeah yep.
1: Good. That's a, see. That's where you got to improvise. It's like here, I play all the air instruments on this show, Jack. <laughs> I play air guitar, air saxophone, air pan flute. Air drums, air everything. Except Air Jordans. I don't play any of that shit. It's too expensive. No. I don't do Air Jordans. Anything with air in it. <laughs> Except inflatable women. Sometimes you got to, you know you know what they say.
0: Sometimes <laughs> hey, it may be good, sometimes it may be shit.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> Bob from Valley for I said Daniel Stern.
1: I, I didn't say David Stern. I had it right. I had Joe Pesci and David Stern.
3: That is correct. Were
1: the two guys who were the home invaders. Back when home invaders were cool and could get hit with frying pans in the face, and all kinds of yeah. other things. Yeah, because
3: now if you do that, <laughs> they Torches can sue head. you.
1: Now the person who would hit the home invaders with a frying pan would go to jail and be considered the criminal. Yeah. for protecting his home.
3: I just, I it's just beyond me. Like, like if a in in Arizona they were uh, when we. No, excuse me. It was in California. In California, we had a dog that was very protective. Like he was the friendliest dog in the world, but if you went into our backyard or tried to get into our house without our permission, mm-hmm. you better beware. And we had bewa- would, would he
1: bite the dog the leg harder than the woman in Ju- oh, Jersey? Oh yeah. Ben Salem? he would
3: rip you up. He was a f- he was and but I w- if if we said you were okay, wouldn't even yeah. touch you. And the law was that if. Somebody broke into your home and your dog f somebody up, the dog would have to be put to sleep. How is that right?
1: It's not. That's why the guy with the AR-15 in his house. Did you see that story? Guy in his house has an AR-15, which is not an assault rifle, by the way. AR does not mean assault rifle, for those of you who don't understand yeah. firearms. I'm a, big, I'm a big tobacco, firearms, what is it, the ATF? Yes.
3: Uh, Alcohol, tobacco, tobacco, and firearms, firearms
1: guy. Yeah. I have all three covered, even though I don't have a gun. But this guy has an AR-15 in his house, and four people break into his house, and they had weapons. Yeah. And they were wearing masks. And the guy gets the gun, and they shot him. They shot the guy, the the guy at home. He then decides to open fire and start shooting these guys. And by the way, it's not fully automatic. You have to shoot ch- ch- the trigger one. Jack, you're a firearms es- expert. Is yes. an AR-15, an assault weapon. No. Oh. It fires one bullet at a time.
4: If it has, if it has this, if it go automatic. Yeah, it can be considered. But it's
1: not. They can't go automatic unless you ma- unless you doctor them, which is not easy to do. So anyway, again, I'm not, I'm not turning into a gun control debate. But <laughs> the guy who shot the people who came into his house with guns and shot him, he gets arrested. Yeah. For defending his own it's property. Insane.
3: It's insane. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Really, I just just don't understand this whole f- concept. But whatever. It, like, let's 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 use some common sense here, people.
1: Everything's ass backwards. Today, except Jack, he looks all right. He's got what does that say, Las Vegas? Yeah, Las Vegas. I
4: forget.
1: You get that at a really like, one of those quality, uh, let it roll, Nevada off, off the strip t shirt shops. I
4: think I got this at the Hard Rock,
1: if I'm not really, ah, nice. it doesn't say Hard Rock. By right the way, oh. so
3: now that Jack is here, yeah. ladies and gentlemen,
1: Jack, you're here to man the phones.
3: Um, sure. we, we are can we say going to man have the have phones him.
1: without being in trouble. No, I can do that. can we, we can't say man the phones anymore? Robert. I
3: haven't even had the chance to show him, but I'm assuming yeah. that Jack. Like most normal people would know how to pick up a phone and put it on <laughs> Unlike hold. Unlike you.
1: Like, you pick it up, you answer, and then you put it on hold. Well. It's pretty simple. I know it's a
3: long time ago hold, that people. Tony it. Bruno, this is a little bit different. Because of the special box, I can't put yeah, on this box. phone. Not the, the the phone that he because would Because we have be two units. Yeah. Jack,
1: now your unit, of course, is in the perfect, perfect spot, right in front of the. Right in front of the so cats' going litter over, boxes.
4: We go over and grab my unit and start answering
1: calls. <laughs> right oh, in front of the litter boxes. There you go. So there's so your d-
3: first phone call. call
4: let me go see how this works. Now you, you know you know phone.
1: your job. If the cats poop while you're there, you hold the phones and you get the poop and put it in the toilet and flush it. It's that simple. I mean, this is a multi. Yes. You have to have multi. You have to have a lot of different skills to work on this show. You don't just come in here and say, "I'm just going to answer the phones." You got to scoop poop out of the litter box. You got to take abuse from us. Right.
3: And he needs a chair over there, poor guy.
1: Yeah, we, gotta get, there, we not, got to get. We got folding chairs. I know.
3: I'll get chairs. Why didn't
1: you tell me Jack was coming? I would have put a chair up for well, him. Well, he
3: was supposed to come earlier, and then he didn't show up. So I thought maybe, maybe something. But I wrong. didn't
1: even know he was scheduled to appear. What's the matter with you?
3: What's the ratter? I agree. Jeez. So, so he put it on hold, and see you. now I can see that it is red. So I'm good. So oh. now we so we, we can continue until we before until we, we go to find. the phone zone. Yes.
1: I got a lot more stuff. I'm telling you, Charlie Steiner's coming up in uh, half an hour from now with an extended sit-down interview. And this is going to be live. He's not hes not yes. here in studio because he's in, back in L.A. The Dodgers are in town. Charlie's the TV voice of the Dodgers. But he doesn't do uh, East Coast road trips anymore. That means that you've achieved that level where you can tell your boss, listen, I don't – I'm. I'm. Seven, he, is he just celebrating his seventieth birthday?
3: I heard. I heard you. So I'm prepping here down in the studio, and I heard you upstairs. I'm like, who the heck is he talking to? Because I'm hearing laughing and laughing and laughing, and I do that when
1: I even talk to like debt collectors. When PPA calls,
3: <laughs> yeah, I
1: laugh at everything, especially when a city agency calls me. When the mayor calls, I usually laugh flip them off and then hang up the phone
3: now we have a, we have a fantastic We like tomorrow I believe we have the fabulous Lee Steinberg agent of the celebrity s- uh players you mean the, football
1: players and stars the big
3: big stars
1: right Robin um, your your ability to describe people's uh occupations is a little uh it's, it's you're like lacking? the guy at the at the at elo the, the e- show off? where you're just <laughs> slightly off to the rhythm the rhythm's going to get you, Robin. Uh,
3: We're well, going to go to the de- so gender Lee,
1: neutral phone Lee line Lee
3: Steinberg, celebrity <laughs> agent, celebrity NFL agent, will be on, I believe, tomorrow, unless we have to reschedule uh, or unless he has to reschedule. And then the fabulous NBA player, Jason Thompson, is going to be in no, studio. Our, on our, Wednesday. our yes. former neighbor, Jason yes. Thompson.
1: You know where he went to school, right? Jack, do you know where he went? No idea. That is bad local Philadelphia area high school, college basketball stars. It's ridiculous, so, Jack. How do you not know that?
3: We have fantastic things coming up, and we're working on so much more. So. Yeah, other
1: shows mail it in during the summer. Psh, you know, they put, you us. know, they put, listen, you know, the host, they get vacation, they take off, and they mail it in during the summer. We don't mail We crank it up during the summer. We crank up the air conditioner, too, because it's getting hot in here. It's supposed to be 100 degrees this week. Did you hear that? 100 degrees later in the week. But it's a dry heat. Yeah, to say.
3: actually just so that so uh for those of you who um are uh nba fans and he has friends outside of just the nba but the jason thompson foundation is um doing a special fundraising event on august 1st at the union trust here in philadelphia mm-hmm.
1: that's on spring we garden are going to be there
3: yeah. i believe that we are might even be doing a live show from there i'm ready to do um, it
1: i'm ready to go live at any moment
3: we're Discussing possibilities, but if you would like to come and be a part of it, um, you can go to the dot com, and, and it's J
1: A S O N.
3: Yeah, J A S O N T H O
1: M P S O N. So a lot of, you got know, Jason spelled right. a lot of different ways. He right. spells it old school, J A S O N.
3: And I highly recommend it's it's a tax write off. All your tickets are tax write offs, and uh, it is a really wonderful. And what's foundation. the cause now? The what? cause is um, it's benefiting cardiovascular health, and the reason why he started this was that Darrell Rogers Jr. was a local athlete. He was a student athlete. He collapsed with a heart failure, and um, last year from hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and after um excuse me i'm sorry other people have died he did not after a long battle durell made a miraculous recovery thanks to the therapy that he got but it's expensive and there's still a lot that they don't know about it so this particular uh event is going to all go to this foundation in hopes to figure out how they can prevent this from happening from young people because this, young people are just falling over. They don't know. Acr- we don't, don't know what's inside. Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't know. So we gotta just take care of ourselves. Look at look what happened to you know, look what happened to Sweet P. Whitaker crossing the street, gets hit by a car. You never know what's gonna happen to you. And obviously especially inside your body, you think you're fine and you just don't know. And sometimes you never will. But does Dean ripping me a Tony the T Bruno Nation live show is kind of boring? What? What the hell is he talking about here? I don't know. I'm trying now. I see. I got to get this. I got to get this off. I got a video thing and It's blocking the... Tr- okay, there it is. The, t- the Tony Bruno Nation Live Show is kind of boring. So how would, do we know you're telling? How do we know when you're mailing it in, asking for a friend? <laughs> because I'm not mail. You know when a show's mailing it in. You start resorting to, uh, what do you call it, Mount Rushmore shows, or what's your favorite ice cream color, flavor? And, uh, hey, if you could get bring back an athlete that was great when you were growing up, who would it be? That's or- when you know you're mailing it in. Not mailing it in means you get – you think about Charlie Steiner, who's the voice of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are in town, and he was also a boxing expert, and you bring him on on the day when one of the greatest boxers of all time dies, and the Dodgers are in Philly. See how it works when you think about content? Yeah. You see, Dean, how
3: it works? And then now, now I know I you're saying, used to those you, shows. Thank you, Robin, for the laugh. Is he being pissy? Is Dean if being pissy? If he is, I'm going to go
1: down there as soon as possible. You know where he lives near? You know where Dean lives near? The guy that Manny is fighting this weekend in Vegas at the MGM uh, Grand Garden Arena. Keith Thurman is from Clearwater, Florida. Did you know that?
3: I did not know Keith that. Keith
1: Thurman will be fighting Manny Pacquiao this Saturday night. And Thurman's uh, 29-0 and and 22 knockouts. So he's coming after Pacquiao, who's 40.
3: (laughs) Trevor from the 203. Exactly. He gives a good example. Tony, what's your top five favorite callers?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What if you found out your best friend was a Cowboys fan? 215-462-Tony. What would happen if the woman that you were sleeping with left you for a Cowboys fan? Oh, What would you do then? Open lines right now. 215-462-8669. When we start resorting to that kind of stuff, then you know it's time to shut it down.
3: Yes. It's
1: ridiculous. Jim Ross, we talked to him yesterday, so we can't review the WWE Extreme Rules thing because we talked to him beforehand. If Jim was able to stay in town, I would have had him down here in studio today. Because Jim Ross... By the way, is a big fan of Miss Robin and a big fan of me, and I didn't yes, even know is. that until the first time I taught him. I figured, why would Jim Ross ever know who I
3: was? By the way, Dean Dean texted me. He goes, just FYI, Robin, when I saw when I said what I said and asked for a friend, you laughed, so I assumed you understood that I was joking. <laughs> yes, I know you joking, but, I, we, you but know, other people, about- Dean, we other people might not. So right. you know, we gotta explain because not everybody's in on the whole Dean Tony. History.
1: Exactly. And now, look, A.J. Marcos says, wasn't Charlie Steiner the guy who covered boxing for ESPN? Yes. Charlie Steiner, not only on SportsCenter. Remember the great SportsCenter commercials they did? Charlie was in a lot of those. Charlie was there at SportsCenter when I was there. He actually, he was instrumental in me getting hired by ESPN. He's the one who told them, go after me, when they were thinking of putting the radio network together. So Charlie and I have history. He discovered me, so to speak, in 1980. He was in New York. I was in Philly, and he was looking for somebody to come up to New York to do weekend sports updates at the RKO Radio Network. He had already hired Keith Olbermann, Kurt, Cha- Kurt Chaplin, Don Crickey, and John Madden to be on that network. And then he heard me doing sports updates in Philly because back then the Phillies were good, the Flyers were good, the Sixers were good.
3: And the and, first thing he said was, what the hell was that?
1: Exactly. And then I went to work with him. So Charlie has been... A friend of mine for, how, how long ago was 1980, around 80, 90, 2000, 2000, almost 40 years? Yes. Almost 40 years. And Just we, shy. We covered the Olympics together in 84 in Los Angeles. We covered boxing. So Charlie obviously was there when Pernell Whitaker was fighting in the Olympics for the United States. That was the Evander Holyfield year when he got screwed in his match in the Olympics in 84 in Los Angeles. So a lot of history. Charlie has got talk can talk about anything. He's a legendary broadcaster, now voice of the Dodgers, and we'll talk boxing, and we'll talk Dodgers, and you know there'll be stream of consciousness reigning supreme during this conversation with Charlie. Charlie said, how long do you need? I said, how long you got? That's the advantage of this show. Not, I don't get five minutes in with Charlie, and then I have somebody say, all right, we got to go. Time to go. We got to cut him off now. Nobody cuts this show off. Not even Lorena Bobbitt with the sharpest <laughs> pair of scissors she could find. <laughs> Now, she bit it off. See, that was one of my biggest fears when I became single and started exploring. You were afraid
3: of a woman biting something off? Yeah, you
1: don't know. You don't know.
3: I I don't even know what to say to that. Like, is this a fear that a lot of men have? (laughs)
1: Uh, not, I'm not sure a lot of men, but some men.
3: If you I fear mean you're, you're... a woman biting off your ding-dong, please call 215- Yes. Have you
1: ever thought, I really don't know this woman that well if you're a man. <laughs> and what happens if she just flips out and decides to bite it off? 215-462-TONY is a number. Or if you're a woman and you've been with some men that you really, really decided you don't like, have you ever thought about the perfect way to get revenge? 215 Tony Romo won the American Celebrity Championship, you know, at Tahoe over the weekend. Another did he event. Really?
3: I didn't I say yes. I wasn't paying attention to that.
1: That's good. Uh, no, Charlie does the Dodger games on TV, and he does mostly the home games. We'll, we'll talk to him. He's coming up in, a ha- in about 20 minutes from now. So we'll go through the whole thing how Charlie is now calling the shots with the Dodgers. He pretty much runs the Dodgers now, sort of like uh, LeBron runs the Lakers. Charlie runs the Dodgers. (laughs) The Dodgers.
3: The Dodgers.
1: Exactly right. But anyway, we got a Planet of the Apes update today, too. Speaking of updates, we got a whole raft of updates today, Robin. We've got the um, Wimbledon. I was watching it last night. So last night we're out. We get back, and I start watching the replay of Federer and Djokovic. Did you watch that tournament? Luckily, I tuned it in right in the fifth set. So I'm watching the entire fifth set, and it's unbelievable. And then Federer has a chance with double championship point. And he winds up not only losing the points, he loses seven consecutive games. Seven consecutive games. No, seven consecutive points. And now all of a sudden he goes from championship point to playing another 45 minutes after that to the point where they got to, it's never happened at Wimbledon. The 25th game. In the fifth set, because it was 8-8, eight, 10-8. Eight, and, of course, you have to win by two, you know, once you go to a tie break at 7-6. Right. So then, you know, Jokovic got ahead, and then Federer was ahead, and the chance to put it away, and he doesn't do it. Jokovic come back, and he gets uh, he gets up. Then he's up by one, and then all of a sudden, Federer comes back and ties it at 10-10. Then it goes 11, and then it couldn't go 12-10, because that would have finished it. So it goes to 12-12, and now by the Wimbledon rules... There's no more, you know, we play the the next person that gets the th- first person to 13, you don't have to win by 2 once you get to 12 12, 13. Djokovic hey, does it. Match over. I've never seen anything over. like that. Because it, it never happened. Yeah, That's probably why.
3: I, mean, I mean, I didn't even know that I didn't even know those rules.
1: Well, because the it's majors have different rules. Not all the majors have the same rules. And at Wimbledon, they have the if you get to fifth the, the fifth you get to the fifth set. And you go into a tiebreaker. Remember, uh, Djokovic won all three of the sets that he won were in tiebreaks. The first tiebreak was 7-6. The second tiebreak, after he lost, so he loses one, wins one. Loses one, wins one. And then finally, they go to the fifth set. And the fifth set was the marathon. The match lasted four and a half hours. I mean, it's unbelievable tennis. With two of the greatest of all time. You're talking about, you look at the top three guys as far as major championships. Mm -hmm. You got Federer. You got Nadal and you got Djokovic. Those are the top three guys of yeah. all time with total major championship. Now wins. Federer
3: has been playing how many years?
1: I don't know. He's been, but he's he was obviously older. He's, yeah, but he's—they're not old guys. I mean, I these guys they're are not old guys, so but I know you were gonna say he was old and he got tired. He wasn't tired, Robin. This wasn't a fatigue factor. No, because Federer was still—Federer was still winning. They were still yeah. going four hours in. You know, and just because you think guys over forty can't last four hours, Robin, you're wrong. We got um, all kinds of stuff. Only if take the little blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great to watch, and I love, I love, I love all sports. I don't have any limits of my sports knowledge and the the appreciation of all sports. I was watching cricket. Do you see what happened in the cricket championship,
3: Robin? I missed that. They were
1: spraying champagne, and people got offended because some people don't like champagne. Oh no! Or it's a religious th- thing.
3: Some, it's a religious thing. that or or there might be some alcoholics, and but it was a religious thing. Is that I why think they so, were? Yeah. Area?
1: I didn't actually see. I read it this morning. I'm, just, scan, I'm scanning everything.
3: It's like, okay, people, <clears throat> just don't open your mouth.
1: Don't use champagne. Do what they do. With, they should have brought milk out like they do at the Indianapolis 500. Milk? They bring out a quart of milk.
3: Ew. That's the tradition, Robin. Ew.
1: The champion gets a quart of, and it's glass. Whenever I see that glass quart of milk, I remember as a kid, okay, wait. how much better the milk tasted when you got the fresh quart and you peeled the label off the top. And there's still people doing that now. You know, Everybody wants the retro stuff. And now there are delivery services that will bring you a the glass bottle? bottle quart of milk. Oh yeah.
3: And you peel it on chocolate milk. I love oh, when the uh, the milkman would drop it off and you could hear the clink 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 of oh, the, yeah. the because yeah. there would be that wire basket yes. with six bottles. Yes. Or six bottle capability that you didn't always get all six. <sighs> but we would get we would get two bottles of milk, two bottles of yogurt, mm-hmm. one chocolate milk. Yeah, and then we got something else. I buttermilk. Forget. You got to get oh, butter- if you, buttermilk. if you like
1: buttermilk. Yeah, I don't like buttermilk for baking. I no, I, I can't. I can't imagine people just drinking buttermilk. Buttermilk's good to make biscuits, and for recipes. Oh, I would drink buttermilk, buttermilk,
3: but I would only drink. I would never drink the buttermilk here in the U.S. because the buttermilk.
1: Oh, now you're now you're now you're I'm, trashing the yes, United States. I am. What, what do you think <laughs> you are? <laughs> member of the U.S. Women's Team, Karni- National Team?
3: And do you know what it's called? What buttermilk? Carna milk. milk. Yeah, Carna milk is buttermilk and. Dutch. Why? Because I I
1: Karna sounds like meat milk. I, I I'm a butter bean guy. No, Remember Butter K. Bean the great boxer?
3: K A <laughs> R N E Karna milk. Jack, thinking, have you
1: ever had buttermilk? I, like, ca- I, I think it's called I think it's I think
3: milk because it's churned. It's churned milk?
1: I just churn my own butter. I don't worry about milk. I just buy that already made. You know, when you churn your own Do butter, you it's much better. Buttermilk? Yeah, they still yeah. sell buttermilk.
4: Oh, yeah, I've never seen it on the shelf. Going
1: to a supermarket? Right yes, it is. It's, it's they got buttermilk. Right, they got but almond not, milk, which isn't really milk because right. they don't squeeze almonds but to make the milk.
3: Buttermilk is usually over by the whipped cream and stuff. Okay,
1: exactly. It's over by the half half. You got the half half. You got the loaf. You got the heavy cream. You got the light cream. Yeah. You got the peaches and cream. You got peaches the peaches and herb.
3: And herb. Now we have See somebody
1: tweeted, did you I see my going response going. over the weekend? Yeah. Somebody put it this was a uh, uh food site, posted a basket of peaches because it's peaches season right now, right, Robin? Find peaches yes. are coming in everywhere. Beautiful peaches. Peaches ah. for free. Remember that song, Robin? Beautiful peaches peaches for free.
3: Burton Gus says buttermilk is soured milk. Can make it with milk and vinegar if you don't have buttermilk. Yeah, why do not, I no. want sour
1: milk? It is not Even sour. Even if my milk. half and half just has a slight the slightest taste of of not being fully creamy fresh, that's going down to that's going down to toilet. Yeah. Why would I want to drink sour milk?
3: It doesn't taste so ridiculous. If your milk has gone sour, it has a totally different smell than buttermilk does. Buttermilk actually is a cream. I don't know. Anyway, enough about buttermilk. So
1: peaches. So somebody posts a picture of, hey, it's peaches season. How do you like, you know, what do you eat your peaches with? And I said, herb?
3: No, with herb? Or no, without herb?
1: No, it's herb.
3: I know, but you said without herb?
1: It was, I forget what the original yeah. line was, but the, but, the, but the answer was herb remember Peaches and Herb, to see if anybody got it. (laughs) And some people got it because they're older.
3: Yes, no millennials got it. But see, those are the kinds
1: of things that I tweet. I don't tweet like, hey, yeah, wow, that's really great. I tweet, Herb, Peaches. How do you like your peaches? What do you like your peaches with? And I wrote, without, no. What do you like your peaches with? And I said, without Herb.
3: (laughs) Now, we it? have a a, a oh, box horrible. up. Oh, we have a box upstairs.
1: And we going go, uh, uh, to go. What's in the box? We'll do that.
3: Then uh, I, I it's up in the scroll right now. But there was somebody that said that we should expect a box delivered today as today well. Today
1: too? Yes. Now we got a box on Saturday.
3: And I have the photograph. We got a on. box.
1: We got two boxes. Yes. We're going to do a double what's in, oh, what's in
3: the box. We will do. We do a what's in the box. So I'll Because we get got those. wine. Yes.
1: On Saturday and we got another box.
3: On Sunday. Yes. Delivered. So we we were we we had a lot of deliveries. Oh, so I want to make sure I will
1: tell you what's in the box. Jesus. No, he's not in the box. There's a lot of Peaches songs though.
3: Now Charlie's coming on at two thirty, Tony.
1: Two thirty live. Okay. What time is it right now? Two sixteen? We're good.
3: And you know how we know how that it's two sixteen? From our fabulous Atomic clock. Thank exactly you very
1: much. right. Which is, uh, it, it is actually lined up with the atomic uh, material that was found in a car over the weekend when the guy had uranium in his car. We did we that We did the story. story Friday night. Couple stopped with guns, bottle of bourbon, uranium.
3: And a rattlesnake. And
1: a rattlesnake in their car. You know. That's a hell of a road trip.
3: Yes. That's <coughs> a full weekend right
1: there. Jack's a big deal. I have more of that <laughs> stuff in my new truck. I almost had a bullet hole in it. Uranium.
3: I'm looking forward to seeing his new truck. Now, wait, what kind of truck is it again? It's a
4: Ford F-150. You got it
1: Ford parked F- out there? F- right out front. Don't get a damn ticket on that thing. No, no. It's a matter, Jack? I hope
4: not. It's got Speaking a of peaches, on it still, so. let's
1: play this right now. Just a taste for just a second. Rabbit. I'm your host, Peyton Breach.
4: What? And I'm your other host, Kyle Hurlick.
3: What? What are you playing, Tony Bruno? I'm
1: trying to play Peaches and Cream, one of my favorite songs. Peaches and cream. Let's see what we got here. See if this is the song. What I, that's what's hard about when you're playing it from a.
4: Oh, this ain't supposed this to, happen to happen
3: to me. Keep rocking and keep.
1: Nah, that's not Peaches and Cream. Well, it's knocked you down L- by Carrie Hilson and Kanye I and Neo.
3: Okay, I'm gonna turn that down. Tony, would you like me to look for while you continue talking? I looked up
1: Peaches and Cream. There's only one Peaches and Cream song I know. To matter. See, then you'll ask me who did it. And there's like a million people who did Peaches and Cream songs. I want the original.
3: Oh uh, not was, the replacement one. Yeah, who was who was the original that made that did it?
1: I don't remember. One twelve? No. Yeah, let me play that. Let me see if I got that right here. Yeah, this is it, I think. Yeah.
3: Now there was an there was a no, there origi- was original like that uh, one twelve and diddy, which was, says the original.
1: There's all kinds of mixes of this. Let me tell you what I want to do. Let me show you that to you. This will work.
4: Yeah. Can't get cream? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Know
3: what I mean, cream. Cream. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> like, headset.
1: Peaches made me cream once, I know that. Oh, yeah.
2: I gotta turn you off right? right No, you should be up. Yeah.
3: And I can feel it so, Tony Bruno, do we have time before Charlie comes on to do on one of these the other center. stories here?
1: We should do the, uh, the best dad of the year story. Oh, this,
3: I saw this this morning. On I had Friday, to watch it like three times. It was so on fun. On
1: Friday, we gave you the worst mom of the year. Yes. The woman who put a swimming pool on top of her Audi and then put her two kids in it to drive home <laughs> after having it inflated and didn't tie it down with two young children in a swimming pool on top of a car. One of those inflatable, like three-level ones, Jack, you know, <laughs> like we have in the city. Yeah. That's ridiculous. But today, we have a father who is the father-of-the-year lock.
3: I want this dad. I mean, I know this is so awesome, and this little girl. So have you seen
1: this, Jack, this video? No. It's it only- is incredible. It's You know how it, there's all this virtual reality stuff? Yeah. Where you have to put the goggles on, and then you pretend it looks like you're on different things. There's roller coaster ones. There's ones where you're in space. I see it here. This is a guy who gets a laundry basket, and <laughs> then he plays on his big screen an actual video of a roller coaster. And he's shaking his daughter. What are you watching this now? So it's it's a laundry basket. (laughs) That's great. What do you see? This This is just awesome. Ah, So so he's tilting it, he's bouncing it up and down. It's an old wooden roller coaster. Oh, watch the turn now. Uh oh, hold on. Oh, here come some camel humps. And he tilts her forward into the camel humps. It's There's no so... inversions because it's a wooden roller coaster. but it It's this...
3: so freaking awesome.
1: That's much better than any virtual reality ride you could take your kid on.
3: When I saw this, I love how her voice, her voice, oh, just like we, we if Is you that were... not the
1: smartest idea ever? That is the greatest video I've ever seen.
3: I told Tony when I I sent it to him. I said, "Tony, do this to me. Do this to me." I don't think you can fit in a laundry basket, Robin. Do this to me. I
1: would need a crane to do that for you. Sorry. Oh, well, because why? it's a little kid, and I'm in a. I in can not fit you in a. I can do that to one of the cats. They can fit in a laundry basket, and they're big. They are. But geez, Robin.
3: I this is so so freaking <laughs> awesome! Congratulations on whoever that is, who totally. whoever whoever you are that has him as a dad. Congrats! You that's the what you that's made. a father of the year.
1: yeah that's a definitely. Father that is of the year. absolutely brilliant because you can know you can download anything now. You know, rides on roller coasters, and this is not even virtual. This is just a guy with his daughter in a in a
3: in a laundry, in a basket. laundry
1: basket on his lap, right, and he has it perfectly synchronized to the to the ride. <laughs> It's incredible because in a lot of the virtual reality rides you go into, I don't really like them when you're in a dark room, and it just the room is just basically turning and shaking. And while it it looks real, those rooms bother me. We did the one, the space one at Disney, the real yeah. height, and then you want to talk about G forces, yeah, because it's actually spinning around. You're actually in a in a centrifuge. Wow. And a lot of people can't handle those G's.
3: And and the other thing is that this is a lot cheaper than building your kid a roller coaster in the backyard. Exactly. And you, exactly. Oh, so fantastic.
1: Uh, nine, 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 9 11 sixers. I remember when Tony was giving space mountain rides on his lap at the Jug Handle <laughs> in. Me too. I played carnival. We did all those rides with the young ladies. Would you like to play carnival, young lady? And then these are, of course, of legal age young ladies when I'm of talking course. about that. 21 and over only, please. So we play carnival. We play uh, hide the salami. That's a popular game. Yes. You don't need any kind of, you don't even need a salami to do that. Or it helps if you have one. Anyway, Charlie Stein is going to join us here in about seven minutes. So we gave you the roller coaster. I, I saw this, li- and I, I hate lists, but did you see this list this morning? I don't think so. About the most, the most, uh, not angry. i got to look it up now. It's not on Forbes, and I printed it. I didn't print it out, but it's the cities that have the most. I'll have to look it up again. I wrote it down at the last minute, but Philadelphia is number five of the cities that have the most tension or anxiety. Okay. It's, it's it's one of those lists. Number one, Detroit, Michigan. The people who live in Detroit have the most anxiety. Number about two about where they're living? It's a combination of yeah. things like uh, you know, bills, things that bother okay, you. Okay, so
3: it's not it's not necessarily have anything to do with crime. No, it's
1: just a, it's a lot of different oh, okay, factors okay. that they figure in. Crime has something to do with it, obviously, because yeah, yeah. when you look at the top five cities, Detroit's number one, Cleveland's number two, Newark, New Jersey is number three, Baltimore is number four, and Philadelphia is number five. Wow. So I'm the, I don't make this list, but look it up, Robin. You know what the least anxious or ten- tension-filled city is? Fremont, California. Fremont, really? according to the... Look it up, because I'm not making this up, and I'm not trying to... I'm not drawing any conclusions here. And they do this the happiest city, the unhappiest yeah, 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 city. Yeah. This isn't happy or unhappy. This is about anxiety or stress. I think it's stressed out cities, if I'm not mistaken. It was a list that was released this morning. There's a video to it, but the video's too long. And then they have a psychologist on and tell you why these cities are stressed. If you live in those cities, why do you have to give me one of those? For what? For giving you a list that I had nothing to do with putting okay, together, okay.
3: So I found it. So the Detroit won the most stressed city. Most stressed
1: city. I said anxiety, the, stress, similar. Right. I just didn't remember because I didn't write for down the what the list was. For the
3: second year in a row, Detroit won number one ranking, and um, I told you
1: the top five: Detroit, Cleveland, Newark, New Jersey, Baltimore, and Philly are the top five. All the way, like at one hundred and eighty-two. Is Fremont, California, which supposedly is the less stressed yeah, out, the city. the least
3: stressed cities. Fremont, California, came in at the top, followed by Bismarck, North Dakota. You stay out
1: my Bismarck.
3: Sioux Sioux Falls, South. Dakota. So you got so wait
1: a minute. So you have North Dakota and South Dakota.
3: mm Hmm. Overland Park, Kansas, and Fresno, California. Fresno, the hello low five. And it's ranked um, the stress. Is about work stress, financial stress, mm-hmm. family stress, and health and safety stress.
1: So there it is. I don't make these lists. Yeah, Yell, you know, tolerate the people who are doing this research. I'm just, a, I'm just a messenger. We're not going to do what your top five stressful things if you live in Philadelphia, Baltimore, Detroit, uh, Cleveland, or Newark, New Jersey. But people have stress. It's not, you know, I don't know how they determine these were the top five. I don't know how they determined in the top 50 were. I
3: mean, they obviously, I don't know how many people they interview. It's interesting to see. I can
1: I can confirm that Philadelphia is a very stressed out city. It is, it is. Especially when the Phillies are, start off great and then they suck. There's Some a lot of stress. Sometimes
0: may be good, sometimes
1: may be shit. You know, when you had Nick Foles and uh, whether you trade him, no, he's the quarterback, the other guy's the bad guy, this guy's bad, this guy sucks.
3: As Falcon 39 says, I live in Detroit and that's fake news. It could be, but it I don't, could be. again, I don't I, I, I'm
1: not making this up. I don't just throw things out there. This is not conjecture.
3: Sometimes I think that you know media, like they just they they. This isn't media. I know, but I sometimes I feel like they make numbers fit the narrative. Uh, can you that d- they have. tell
1: everybody who came up with this list? It's not my list because I don't do lists. It's a it's a it's a what's it, it's tra- a travel hub or travel wallet or some, uh, one of those sites. Yeah,
3: it's um it is done by. Pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it Wallet Hub.
1: Wallet Hub. Do they deliver? That's what I want to know. Even, I don't
3: even know. <laughs> but it's not exactly a major scientific no, but study.
1: Wallet Hub. They, they go door to door and say, hey, are you stressed ah. out? Okay, good. Let me put you down here. I got you down for uh, what's your stress level? One to five. Give it to me right now. You know when you go to a doctor, what's your pain level right now from one to ten? I I that's my do favorite this. one in the doctor. You know when you go in you say, okay, doctor, my go. groin hurts. Do what's you your put- pain level?
3: The To determine the cities oh. where Americans cope best, right. Wallet Hub <laughs> compared more than 180 cities across 39 key metrics.
1: That's 186 yeah. cities, man. And they,
3: they so they weren't just asking people's opinions. They um, they looked at work hours to debt load ratio, okay. divorce and suicide rates, um, and they did all of this based upon actual findings. Okay, not so this just is opinion. not just yeah. cockamamie. Okay.
1: We don't like these cities, so we're going to do a survey and post it and have every stupid uh, talking head on local TV and radio stations uh, talk about their city. I I saw Philly number five. I opened up the story right before I had to come down here to get ready for the show. So I just wrote the top five, and I wrote, we're number five. So we made top five, Robin.
2: Oh, yay. (laughs) Let's
1: give ourselves a roaring, stressful round of applause. (laughs) Wait, What's that, Jack? Well, it's always stressful to walk around here. It's hot, people are angry, they're pissed off. You don't see that happen to me. I'd probably make that quotient. If I wasn't in town to calm people down back in Philly, we'd probably be top three. At least I kept it down into the top five, Jack. I don't want to make us number one in that category. Because Philly's number one in a lot of lists for people who hate this city, and it's a great city, driving around so many people around Independence Mall and It's just over the weekend in the summer here, it's so vibrant. But, geez, it's not stressful in Detroit. Well, if it's not stressful for you, that's good. I'm not saying it's every single person in Detroit is stressed out. They're not. Maybe Piston fans are. Tiger fans are probably stressed out right now because they're not very good. Meanwhile, let's go to the phones of a man who is not stressed in any way, shape, or form. Nobody's living the life. That the great Charlie Steiner's living, living large in Los Angeles, California. Hello.
0: What? And quit showbiz? <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are you, pal? You know, I'm just getting by. Not <laughs> terrific. You know, life is good. It's and good. you, my friend of 40 years.
1: 40 years is right. Wow. 1980, it's almost 40, Charlie, not quite, because 1980, I told people, I always tell you, you're the guy that discovered me. In 1980, I was covering local sports in Philly. You were at RKO Radio in New York, you know, a a, a network that did updates, like 15 and 45. Keith Olbermann was doing the updates at the 15, and then they put RKO 2 on, and then you called me and said, hey, you want to come up and do updates on the weekend on RKO 2? And I said, yeah, and the rest is history.
0: You know, you were – in those days when you were about ten, fifteen years old and working at WFIL, I guess it <laughs> yes. was, you were like a tape chaser. You were a gopher. You got sound exactly. bites. Yep. You peddled them to us for like twenty five bucks a day. And I thought at the time you were hideously overpaid. But that's neither here nor there.
1: <laughs> well it was union. I had but, to get the union I had to get union scale, Charlie. Well,
0: <laughs> you tip the scale. Uh, <laughs> you, so you would send stuff to us and you were uniformly funny at the other end. And I thought, well, maybe this guy has a future.
3: Jesus was ironic.
0: (laughs) We had a pretty good crew
1: up there, though. You know, you got Keith, and you hired all these guys. Keith, me, Kurt Chaplin, John Madden, Don Cricky. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a pretty good uh, group of uh, talkers, so to speak.
0: You know, I'll tell you what. RKO just was born one day, and I happened to work in the building first at ninety nine X, a top forty rocker, and then uh, that was the FM station. The AM station was WOR. So now they start this new network. I was the. They looked around. said, so who's going to run this thing? And there, and there was this little schmuck in the corner, and that was me. And I was basically here. Here's carte blanche. Go make something out of nothing. And I was really fortunate that uh, you you were available and in that you made me laugh a lot uh, Madden hadn't become John Madden yet he was halfway between post Raiders coach and mega monolith game show maker mm-hmm. um, what do they call Ele- electronic games that's how old I am yes um, and he was doing like the fifth Of the five network games on cbs back when tampa bay and green bay were awful he'd do those games that were called the bay of pigs uh but i always thought he had he had something and especially when he burst through the wall for those old light beer commercials uh kurt chaplin was a guy that i knew in town i thought well he's pretty solid And, and 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 one of the guys uh who is a dear friend to this day was 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 my backbone and right hand man john martin the chief the chief uh who who did all the dirty work um and then we kind of built this thing up and it was really great fun and it was the first network first network that was delivered entirely by satellite that's how long ago that was um and it all came together until rko as a network came crashing down through various scandals and the like um but for a time, for about 80 through 84, 85, that was about as much fun as I ever had.
1: Yeah, we had a great time. We would go everywhere. We went to the Olympics in L.A. in 84, which allowed us to cover all these grand. We were there for weeks. We didn't just show up. and We showed up a week before and then stayed a week afterwards and then covered the two weeks. We were there for a month in L.A., and that's where we worked it with John Madden the- and all those guys, and then Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. I mean, that was great stuff, too
0: yeah Sarajevo was great uh, and I remember being in in Sarajevo and you know it's not often that you need you know a full-time interpreter but we had that uh but and as we got to meet the people of Sarajevo they were they were having a great time but they're also kind of sad in that and they said as soon as you guys leave you know there's going to be a revolution here yep. Mm-hmm. Uh and there was and I I will never forget several weeks after we left and the uh the shooting and the bombing began there was a picture of uh what they called the flats the the uh, apartment buildings in which we lived were being blown out by tank uh, uh, artillery um and so yeah, I'm doing a fine job in bringing this conversation up aren't we but it was part of, of the wonderful experience, world experience, that we had uh, load those many years ago.
1: Absolutely. And then uh, all those years, and then we I go back to Philly, you're still in New York, and then you go to ESPN, and not only, obviously, with Center back in the heyday with Keith and Dan, and, and, and when ESPN was must-watch TV every night at 11 o'clock and throughout the day with Center you became famous in all those commercials, Charlie. I mean, people loved you. And then boxing. You were Mr. Boxing at ESPN.
0: I, it, it, I was very lucky in that when I got to ESPN, I didn't know the first damn thing about television. I truly did not. Um, and on the very first day at ESPN, a coordinating producer came over to me, and I'm—you know my eyes are bugging out of my head, not sure what the uh, – what I was supposed to do, and and he said, how's it going? I said, well, I'm a little bit over my head at the moment. I said, don't worry. We've got a flight booked for you for this afternoon. You are flying to Las Vegas. You're going to cover the press conference of Sugar Ray Leonard versus Donnie Lalonde. And that is how I became the boxing guy. And uh, I was very fortunate. I covered really the last great era of the sport when there were not just a, a few fights here and there, there were big events, two or three big events during the course of the year where we would spend a week or 10 days in Vegas and we would spend time with the fighters at their training camps and all of that. So my first fight was pre-ESPN, Ali Holmes, and my last fight was uh, Tyson and Holyfield, the bite. Yep. And by that time, I was beginning to get worn out on the sport. And the night that Holyfield had uh, his ear bitten, um, I looked into the camera and said with a straight face, Evander Holyfield and a portion of his right ear were rushed to the hospital tonight in separate cars. (laughs) It was then that I knew it was (laughs) time for me to go.
1: (laughs) Now, before we get into one of my other favorite moments of your career, and so we're like, this isn't like this is your life, Charlie Steiner. I mean, you're still doing the Dodgers. You're out in L.A. The Phillies are in Dodgers tonight. We'll get to that. But I want to ask you about the, the Pernell-Whitaker thing because you and I were oh. in L.A. during the 84 Olympics and we saw right. the whole Holyfield debacle and then we saw Pernell-Whitaker and we knew then that this guy was a very skilled young man.
0: Well, that 84 boxing team was probably the best that uh, the U.S. ever produced for the Olympics. Burnell Whitaker, Sweet Pea, uh, was a lovely kid. And he, you couldn't touch him. He he, he was a great defensive fighter who had uh, an enormous amount of skill. Um, and, you know, I was so saddened to hear of uh, his death today. Um, and I remember he was fighting uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. Mm-hmm. At the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, 60,000 people were there.
1: 1993, he, What's that? That was 1993, for people who were trying to try, okay. put okay, the
0: perspective. Um, and it, it, it was probably the the most egregious decision I had ever seen. Um, and when, when I we, was on ESPN, I was not one of those guys on the soapbox. I tried to report a story as straight and, and, and fair as I could. But it was such a horrible decision. And I remember going back to his uh, dressing room after the press conference that night, and then uh, I would spend some time with him the following day. Um, and in the dressing room, he was disconsolate. He was in tears. He knew that he had been robbed. And... If you recall, way back when, on Sunday mornings, there would be then like an hour-long sports center, which was a very big deal then. Uh, that was before it was wall-to-wall-to-wall-to-wall. And we would do a live shot. You know, we would finish our our previous night's work well after midnight. We would bat, be back at the arena the following morning at 7 o'clock or so, whatever it was. And I was determined to... Uh, uh, report the story from the center of the ring. And, and I remember saying, uh, we are reporting to you live this morning from the scene of the crime. Um, and and it was, it, was, it, it was one of those moments where here uh, when you fight for a championship at the level that he did in many of the fights that I covered for the years that I was at ESPN, you can't begin to overestimate The amount of work that is put in not only by the fighters, the trainers, and all of that, and then to have it taken away on the capricious whims of a a couple of judges who were clearly in the back pocket of uh, Jose Suleiman, who was running the WBC, um, it it was moments like that that began for me to sour on the sport. The, The next day, and I, again... One of the nice things about covering boxing, which was so different than all the other sports, and I can't tell you what it's like now because it's been so long since I've done it, you got to know the people. And I would spend time with him the following day uh, in his hotel room. And, you know, he was damaged after that night, not by the fight, but by the decision. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, I don't pretend to have known him that well in the ensuing years, but on that morning after, I'll never forget uh, a man who basically had uh, a, a, a portion of his livelihood and his career uh, badly dented by a horrible decision.
1: Talking with Charlie Steiner, of course, voice of the Dodgers and ESPN Sports Center and boxing and Wimbledon. Yes, I didn't forget Wimbledon, Charlie. I didn't forget. Thank you very a- a- much. A- and,
0: and, and, and you forgot. The New Jersey
1: Generals. That's right, the New Jersey Generals of the USFL. You and Donald right, Trump, are, I think, were in the broadcast booth together, were you not? Was he your color man, uh, Donald Trump, at the time before he was president? <laughs> Nobody
0: wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> so he was would it? come in, and uh, thankfully, I was employed by the radio station that had the rights uh, from the Generals. So when he bought the team. Uh, he felt he had some, some God-given obligation to come on the post-game show. Uh, we had an editorial dispute about that. Occasionally he would come in, and he didn't know whether they sewed up or blowed up a football. Um, and, and, and so, you know, the league lasted three years. And not coincidentally, uh, he owned the team in their final two and precipitated the league's demise.
1: And you know what that is?
0: It's an outrage. Death.
1: In the words of former President Barack Obama. But Charlie Steiner, so USFL, Herschel Walker, and those guys. But, of course, Wimbledon, Charlie. I'll never forget it. And people forget this. Thank you. I don't. I remember you were covering Wimbledon, and I was in New York, Wimbledon. I was in New York, and on the 4th of July, you got into an international incident that many people may have forgotten, except this reporter, Tony Bruno. But do pe- how many people remember that? Because seriously, you were like the lead story at Wimbledon in the final weekend on the 4th of
0: July. L- let me put it to you this way. It was my first overseas assignment. I, again, yeah, get one of the neat things about running the sports department, I could assign me to anything I wanted to be assigned to. Well, Wimbledon, that'll be fun. Um, And so I go over there, um, and I think the actual incident was on the second or the third, but they played it up big on the fourth because, you know, God bless America against uh, uh, the mother country. Uh, McEnroe and Borg, that was the height of their wonderful rivalry And McEnroe was then in the process of breaking up with his then-girlfriend, Stacey Margolin, a, a women's tennis player. Well, the tabloids over there had a field day with that uh, because McEnroe was McEnroe, and they baited him, and he uh, bit every time. And after each match, there was this one reporter who kept asking McEnroe whether it was true, whether he and Stacy Margolin were splitsville. What the hell is splitsville?
1: I think it's a bowling Uh, alley now chain that they have all over the country. But that's now. (laughs) That wasn't then.
0: Yeah, the the 7-10 split. (laughs) Uh, So each day, McEnroe would say with increasing anger, uh, I will talk about tennis, but I'm not going to talk about my personal life. And after winning his semifinal match against a fellow named Rod Frawley, if I remember correctly, Guy asks again, and then McEnroe just blows up. I mean, he throws furniture, storms out, you know, F-bombs liberally. And me and this young woman who was the correspondent, this is how old the story is, for Life magazine, uh, we go over to the perpetrator and say, come on, man, you're, you're ruining it for us. Um, you know, we, we want quotes, we want sound bites and all that. And then this other Brit comes over to me and sticks his finger between my eyes, and says, it's none of your business, mate. And I said, get your finger out of my face. And he does it again. And then he says, do you want to settle this thing outside? <laughs> Upon which he climbs a chair. He's on a chair. And then he decides he's going to dive on me. So we get into it a little bit. Now, again, the All England and Lawn Tennis, lawn tennis and Croquet Club, in those days did not have a full-fledged media room. It was a little phone booth, and no cameras were permitted except one. Uh, And the one picked up this little, as they call it over there, a fracas.
1: Fracas. Oh,
0: oh, Jesus.
1: Not a fracas. Not a fracas or a fracas. A fracas?
0: A fracas. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have at it. And uh, those sorts of things don't happen at Wimbledon, but it did. Uh, On my first week of my... First overseas assignment. And it gathered a, a good deal of steam. Um, and so my immediate thought was, I better call the mothership RKO. Uh, I said There may be a story, and I think you and Olbermann were there. Yes, we were and working
1: that day, and that became the big story. Not just because it was part of RKO. It was an international incident, Charlie. You were public enemy number one outside of the United States of America.
0: The day after the free for all, and, and again, now after the, the, the room clears, um, the bobbies, the, the cops, the gendarmes, they're, they're looking for the two perpetrators of this little fracas. Uh, HBO, I think it was their first or second year of doing Wimbledon, um, and, and their executive producer said, Come with me. And so I am literally hidden inside the HBO production truck under a blanket for the next couple of hours so I would not be found. All right, so now I go back to the hotel, um, and this is before the days of voicemail. Uh, There were just lots of pink message posted for me, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to end well. Um, but a radio station from Kansas City calls, and I said, well, for whatever reason, I picked it up. And they, they, their angle was that this patriotic American, Wah, was defending John McEnroe, fellow American, on foreign soil on the 4th of July in Great Britain. And I'm thinking, I might be able to survive this thing. Um, and Okay, then it's on the front page of the New York Times. Now, the next day, I go back to Wimbledon, and I am summoned to the governor's uh, office, the guy who runs Wimbledon. I go, oh, there go the credentials. This is, this is really going to be awful. So I go in, and he couldn't have been more charming. It was the first time I have ever been offered uh, tea and crumpets um, for a meeting. And he proceeds to tell me I was able to fumigate some of these guys who had no right having Wimbledon credentials. terrific, so I can go on. life is good that was an that was hour a good... or two later, he summons the other guy, Nigel Clark was his name, yes, into his office, and so says those goddamn Americans keep messing up our Wimbledon, so you're okay, and that was International diplomacy at its best. And as I'm walking out of the, uh, the governor's office, some guy with a handlebar mustache and a Sherlock Holmes pipe said, pardon me, are you Mrs. Steiner? I said, well, uh, yes. And he said, well, how does it feel to be an international hooligan? <laughs> <laughs> Again, never having seen crumpets and certainly never having been accused of being an international hooligan.
1: That was the summer of
0: 81,
1: and so it goes. I still remember that like it was yesterday, Charlie. How many years ago? That's like
0: 38 years ago. 81. So it's what? 38 years? 39 years, whatever.
1: Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. A lot of people don't remember that story, but it was on every newspaper, every—it was an international story. It wasn't just—yeah, it was huge.
0: I was on the front page of the New York Times, so the P.S. <laughs> to all of this, the P.S. <laughs> to all of this, so I'm coming back after the 4th of July weekend, and all of our executives are out at the Hamptons or wherever executives go, um, and they have a staff meeting that Monday or Tuesday, whatever day, the 5th or 6th of July was. And they, uh, in, in the meeting, the president of the network says, should we fire this? To which one of the the folks there in the meeting said, when was the last time RKO was on the front page of anything? Exactly. Okay, we'll hire him. Hopefully he doesn't ask for more money.
1: <laughs> it's one of those untold stories that you had to be there and you had to be around and you had to read the New York Times. But I remember because I was in the newsroom with Keith and we're watching this from afar that our boss is involved in an international incident in London.
0: at Wimbledon. And, 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 You know, and... and I think somebody had determined, I don't even remember who it was, to report the story, but don't mention his name. And that was like, they were talking to me. Don't mention your name about the fight you were just in. It was some other disembodied soul. Well, that didn't last long.
1: (laughs) The great Charlie Steiner. You know, we love love talking, uh, Charlie.
0: All right. One more PS about that incident. Go ahead. Go ahead. And now what goes around comes around. The next day, I see Billie Jean King, who is now one of the owners of the Dodgers. But so it's nice. And we had talked the day before about the Beatles and just having a nice chat. And then I see her the next day after all of this, and she kind of summons me over, and I say, "Yeah," and so. But what about yesterday? I said, well, that was kind of weird. She said, it's the best thing I've ever seen here. I said, well, okay. I got a chance to survive after all.
1: People are asking, to uh, follow me to freedom. Because, you know, a lot of people watch SportsCenter and remember the commercials. And people are requesting you say, follow me to freedom. And I don't even remember that.
0: Come on. That was that was all the, the commercial,
1: um, right? That was the Sports Center commercial. It was a
0: commercial for uh, the Millennium, and they were scared that uh, when, when 1999 turned to 2000, it would screw up the computers around the yeah, world. Yeah,
1: it was Y2K, right?
0: Right. And so the premise was that we're all primed and ready to go for all of this, and then uh, in in a test of Y2K, everything turns to shit. (laughs) Um, McGuire's beating up a a computer. uh, Guys are in fist fights. And the final, they cut to me at the very end of the commercial um, with uh, Indian war paint under my eyes um, and a tie around my head. And I scream out, follow me, follow me to freedom. (laughs) And Here, that's 20 years ago, and and people still uh, remember that spot. I mean, again, I was very lucky to have been at ESPN when I got there in 88, having had no television experience, and then having uh, 14 uh, fabulous years. Um, 12 of the 14 with with Bob Lee doing the 7 o'clock Sports Center. Mm -hmm. And seven of those 12 years, it was Bob. Robin Roberts and I, the three of us. So, you know, I, I'm like Gump. I just kind of show up, and generally speaking, interesting, if not good stuff happens.
1: No, good stuff always happens. And then, uh, so I'm in Philly, you're now at ESPN, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from you hey, they're starting a radio network. You should come up here and, uh, and, and interview for it. And I reluctantly says, nah, nah, I'm doing Philly, I'm working at WIP in Philly on the morning show. You know, it's a weekend thing. i got young kids. And then I didn't go up there. I turned them down, and then you called me again and said, will you get your ass up here and talk to them? And I went up there. They interviewed me, and they hired me. And that was, uh, that was, well, the, that was the ESPN connection with Charlie Steiner and Tony Bruno.
0: Yeah. Well, every once in a while, I, I, I screw up badly. <laughs> um, but but the, the fact is, the guy that, that was really in the middle of all that was that fellow, the chief, John Martin. Who, uh, when they started putting the radio network together, they said, Make me a list of people for this new radio network. Again, I was uh, much like the RKO experience. I was the only guy around uh, in the building who knew anything about sports and and radio. Um, And in the case of ESPN and ESPN Radio, I happened to be the only guy around. I said, Well, here's a list of people um, who I think would be uh, really good. And uh, and you were on the top of the list, you and Chief. And so Chief was the guy who then put all that stuff together. Me, I was just a schmuck doing the 7 o'clock show.
1: And of course, uh, Chuck Wilson and Keith Olbermann, the three of us, the original show, and the rest yeah. is history. But Robin finally found the Y2K commercial. And I'm like, Robin, find the commercial because it's on YouTube. So can we play that right now? Because I remember it, vivid. I just didn't remember the line, but I remember you were the pool boy. And, you know, and that's that was another commercial. Melrose place. No, I would. Yeah, no, that was the mount. But I, I was the pool boy because I would clean Keith's pool every weekend when I went up there when Keith had the house.
3: Oh, so you, you, you
0: were paid less for that than I was.
1: Yeah, I was paid nothing. I just did it because I wanted to hang out at Keith's house and have barbecues and stuff on Friday nights.
3: This is the Y two K. This is Sports Center commercial. Yeah,
1: those are these. This is Sports Center. They're they're, they're award winning commercials. This is Charlie Steiner, a man who got into an international incident. You know, I got all these young people, Charlie. I got to like educate them on all this stuff. It's an outrage. Oh,
0: yeah. they don't, I understand that. But, you know, they don't know a fracca no. when they see one.
1: They know caca, of course, but not a frac.
0: <laughs> They're hearing it.
1: Yeah. All right, let's play this commercial now because some people will see it who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, then you really haven't been around. I get you haven't been around 40 or 50 years ago. But this is only 20 years ago, Charlie. Only 20. Thank you. Okay, let's play the commercial now. With the year 2000 approaching, we're trying to make sure the software here at SportsCenter Center is Y2K compliant. Y2K test in three, two, one. Oops. Oh,
2: oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, More from the NBA and an NFL trade right after this. We definitely have a few bugs to work out, but we'll be ready.
0: Follow me. Follow me to freedom!
3: <laughs> that is awesome. All right, here, here's the
0: backstory on that one. <laughs> so, for years, when I first got there, they didn't want to do anything about uh, promoting the personalities. Right. They just figured that the uh, ESPN logo is all they needed to sell. But then they finally came to realize some of us on the air were. Okay, uh, and so they brought in this advertising agency, Wyden and Kennedy, who did the nike spots uh, and, and and many others um, and so then they decided to put this campaign together, which would be caricatures of who we were in real life. These producers were kind of hovering around the newsroom uh, for for weeks, and then so they had this meeting, and then they' come up with this idea of for all these uh, Center commercials. And for whatever reason, they gave me a lot of decent punchlines to these things. So on the day, they, and it was all this stuff is filmed out of sequence. And so on the day that I'm taping my thing, and I didn't realize it was even going to be the, uh, the punchline to this deal.
1: Now um, we have another one, Charlie, you and, and Christy Martin, the romance.
0: Oh, love it first sight fire so we, away I'll, so I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll finish up uh, y2k all right
1: this. well well because uh, y2k is still going on i think well we have another armageddon coming up at 2020 i think but
0: let's go back uh, now they to may bring me back for that but i am probably a shade too old
1: let's go to the tape
4: we're discouraged from getting involved romantically with the people we cover which is a pretty good policy but uh it, it happens think about charlie steiner
5: Is beautiful
1: but what charlie has is beautiful <laughs> with ravi <laughs> i mean all these people it's you know the best part about doing this for a long time besides getting older and being smarter is seeing all these people and having worked with pretty much anybody who's ever been in the industry have you noticed yes. that
0: charlie oh it was great uh, to finish up on on y2k so I'm, sorry, I'm
1: sorry I cut, i'm sorry i cut the y2k story short story, story. Were
0: you You've got three hours of this nonsense. Exactly. It's not like you're constrained by time. No, that's... Um, un- hey,
1: listen, it's your time. I mean, as long as you want to stay on, I'm, I'm ready to talk, man. People love this stuff.
0: This is... Oh, yeah, I, I'm ready to take hostages. Are you kidding? I feel um, like
1: I feel like behind the actor's studio, except I haven't asked you your favorite curse word yet. What is your favorite curse word, Charlie?
0: Oh, you know, I have a meager reputation to uphold. Period. Um... <laughs> So anyway, so now the day that I'm going to shoot uh, the Follow Me to Freedom, they come in. And and they've transformed the newsroom and and back areas into like these quasi-sound studios. About noon, their makeup person comes in and puts that Indian war paint under my eyes. And so I'm preparing the 7 o'clock show as I normally would. I'd sit behind... Uh, the computer and, and write whatever it is I'm going to write. People walk in, hey, how you doing? I'm writing. And, okay, fine. So now uh, I'm supposed to be in wherever it was we shot it about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So about a quarter to 4, I go into the men's room, and I look in the mirror, and I've got this Indian war paint on my face for the last four hours, and nobody once looked twice. we was like, okay, <laughs> just another day at the office.
1: <laughs> and you had the, the so, was, it a te- was that a necktie you had tied around your head? Yeah.
0: My tie. Why don't you take your tie off and put it around your head? (laughs) Fine. What? And quit showbiz. So now we go through about three or four different lines above and beyond follow me to freedom. I will lead you to the underground brothers and sisters and all of that nonsense. And follow me to freedom. So they were the ones who picked that out. And the P.S. to this endless story, the following spring, at spring training, um, with the Atlanta Braves are covering them that, that particular day, and if you remember, Glavin and Smoltz had the Chicks Dig the Long Ball
1: yes, commercial. Yes, yes.
0: And, and, and how they produced that, Nike and Wyden and Kennedy, was exactly how they did ours, Follow Me to Freedom. Beautiful. And so we got into this mock argument, me and Maddox, and Glavin about which line would have longer legs, which would stay within Americana. Chicks, dig the long ball, or follow me to free. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be the judge of that, but I was in pretty good company. And and the Wyden and Kennedy folks, and now again it's getting to be 2000, and all of these magazines and newspapers are doing the best of, of the millennium. And they put the Sports Center thing as like the number three commercial campaign of all time. And I'm thinking, again, I was the, the caboose on this train. It was like, well, that's pretty cool. But those Sports Center commercials were absolutely great.
1: I totally agree, Charlie, because I remember there was an era there where, where uh, college game day, they didn't want anything to go on the road. And they were afraid because of the mindset at the time, you can't take a controlled situation – which you can control in the studio with the equipment and can't bring it out. And they and John Walsh and the people there were like, we can't bring college game day out there. People wanted to go out on the road, and then, of course, they finally reluctantly put game day on, and now it's like the biggest spectacle on Saturdays, the entire football season for a generation. It
0: still is, absolutely. Yeah. That, and that was, I'll tell you what, part of the, the time I spent, all of the time I spent at ESPN, those 14 years, it was an experimental lab. We did stuff, and if it worked, we continued to do it. And if it didn't, we didn't do it anymore. I mean, we uh, it it, it seems so mundane looking back. You know, we were the first ones to have buzzer beaters and made that like a big part of a broadcast. And we were the first ones to do wraparounds from one game to the next. And on baseball tonight, I happened to anchor the night that the uh, Fernando Valenzuela pitched the no-hitter, uh, and who was it who did the first one? Was it Dave Stewart? Uh, so we had two no-hitters on one night. So those were the things that had never happened before. Mm-hmm. Now you look back on it's like, well, what took so long to put wheels on, on luggage? I mean, so we kind of did stuff that sometimes actually worked pretty well, and the stuff that didn't work well, we didn't do anymore.
1: No, you're right. And the thing about the wheels on luggage, the first person came up with it, and they were only went one direction. And then they said, hey, how about if we have the wheels turn around so we can turn the thing and not have to pull one's way? So that's what happens. Yeah.
0: That's what happens, and, and that's what we did at SportsCenter. I mean, it, it, we just kind of... It, we we did it on the fly. And again, we were new. And we, at, we had a little bit of competition from CNN with uh, Nick Charles and Fred Hickman. Uh-huh. And But, you know... We wiped them out. Then Fox tried to go up against SportsCenter, and we wiped them out. And so for a time, and again, the big difference between SportsCenter then and SportsCenter now, SportsCenter then, it was appointment viewing at 7 o'clock. What happened during the day when we were at work? Mm -hmm. And it was appointment viewing at night. What were the highlights of the game? There were no phones. There were no immediate updates. So you had to watch television. You had to watch SportsCenter to know what was going on in sports. And, and, and in the space of just a, a couple of years, I got there in 88, and within two years, um, Robin was hired, Keith was hired, Dan was hired, Tarico was hired. All of a sudden, th- this wonderful group of talent arrived at a time when SportsCenter was trying to uh, gain its sea legs and we were part of a you know a, a wonderful journey
1: no no doubt about it Charlie and everybody that you talk to who's been or was around at the beginning you know with the sports center stuff and Keith and Dan Keith and uh, you know Dan obviously must watch tv and now everything's changed because of the internet because you can get scores instantly you can you know we're, uh, John Martin was here a couple of weeks ago when he was covering the NBA and Robin got to meet him and we, we had dinner together and we we he came down into the basement here in our wine cellar and he came on that was the day I gave out the winning superfecta on the Kentucky Derby this year, and he called me the day of the superfecta and said, "Did you bet the horses? Did you bet the horses?" Because I completely forgot, and I didn't bet the five horses. But John was here, and John's a great guy and a great friend. So you, me, John, Martin—we all go back forty years, and he's still yeah. producing stuff along with Beth Faber for ESPN Radio. It's unbelievable.
0: I had my <coughs> excuse me seventieth birthday. Actually, it's coming up on Wednesday, but on Friday night I had a a little bash out here. Uh, and the chief was here. The chief. And then the next night we went to see uh, Paul McCartney. You may have heard of him. He was in a band called The Quarrymen.
1: Never heard uh, of him. I heard of John Martin, the chief, but never this McCartney <laughs> guy.
0: <laughs> but anyway, uh, to your point, yeah. We go back a very long time um, at a time when you know we were, we were learning the ropes of this industry. And it was an enormous amount of fun, whether it was uh, radio. And, again, I've always considered myself a radio guy, although uh, ESPN hired me. I wasn't even seeking the job. Um, And then uh, went to the Yankees on the radio and uh, then from the Yankees to the Dodgers. I'm a radio guy who just got waylaid for about 14 years.
1: And still uh, now you're a TV guy and you do the Dodgers. And when I called you this morning thinking you were in town, you told me the whole story about how now you – Because of your clout and experience and because you run the Dodgers sort of like LeBron runs the Lakers, you make the final calls.
0: You want to run that part by me one more time? (laughs) No, I'm very fortunate. I'm not traveling nearly as much as I used to. Uh, The road can get you down. Um, And, again, so I was fortunate not being in Boston this weekend. Um, so that I was able to see uh, McCartney, which was just one of those wonderful, seminal moments. Um, And then Ringo comes out for the encore and is like, oh, jeez. And and so, yeah, what is wonderful now about where I'm at is that I'm still working more than enough, but I'm not uh, beating the hell out of myself every day to do it.
1: Because baseball has to be the toughest grind of all the major league sports. I mean, it's just nonstop.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the relentless nature of the game. It's every day for 162 games in 181 days. And half of that time you're on the road packing a suitcase, unpacking a suitcase um, and then getting on a plane. Granted, the travel by travel standards is fine. We're on a charter and all of that. But tell your body that when you're Packing your bag and then stuffing all the dirty laundry in, and you go back home, and you're home for a few days, and you go out on the road again. After a while, and I freely admit it, uh, the road beat me up. And uh, the Dodgers have been beyond great, and saying, okay, how can uh, how can we make this work for all of us? And they have, and I'm I'm thrilled to be here 15 years later.
1: And so you don't do anything west of uh, San Diego.
0: Uh, Dude, well, I, I'm going to New York in September, uh, but basically, I, I do all the home games and twenty something on the road. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. They're great. The team is good, um, and uh, I'm in a, I'm, yeah, I'm in a good place. I got, I got no kicks, pal.
1: The only guy who has, a, I think, a better lifestyle than you right now is, is the Chief, John Martin. Every time I talk to somebody, oh, he was just here and we went out to dinner. Oh, he was in Philly right. during the NBA.
0: He, we went out to dinner. He is that's America's a, house guest. Yeah, that's what Chief does for a living. He goes to dinner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he does it very well. Don't say well. I didn't learn
0: him real good.
1: <laughs> and he doesn't just go to, you know, steak and shake. He goes to the finest places with the finest wines, meats, and cheeses, as Kenny Maine would say. Bring me your favorite meats and cheeses.
0: Well, you know, and, and the thing about Chief, who is a large person, yes. um, he doesn't go to those little French restaurants with like two bites of for a main course. No, I mean he he has a half a side of cow. Oh yeah, as an appetizer.
1: Yep, we've seen it.
0: And then when he then he gets serious about eating.
1: No, when he went he. P.J. Carlissimo, Robin, and I, we went to a great little Italian restaurant here, and as one of those, the restaurant was closing, the employees were all leaving, and we're still sitting there drinking wine and kibitzing, or kibitzing. How do you say it properly? Kibitzing. Kibitzing.
0: You know, Ital- you know I can't say Italian words real good. Clearly, you can't say Jewish words. No, really I don't. Good. I mean, when
1: Chris Berman would come in, we would talk about the whole mishpoka, and we talk about all that. Yeah, well, okay, you're, you're
0: halfway there. It's kibitz, kibitz, not kibitz.
1: No, I knew it was kibitz. I just said it wrong. But I know it's kibitz. I'm the one who's not that even Jewish. Do. Robin claims to be more Jewish than I am, and I'm the one who tells her all these great Jewish lines and Jewish expressions. We had an official rabbi on my show in L.A. How much more Jewish can you be for an Italian guy?
0: What are you, Don Rickles?
1: <laughs> By the way, we have an update from the Colorado. The Giants are now up 12-0 on the Rockies in this ball game at Coors Field.
0: Let me tell you something. One of the places I, I, I choose not to go anymore is Denver for two reasons. One, the altitude kills you. Um, I can't sleep there. And secondly, um, those games at Coors Field are just awful. I mean, it's not baseball. It's, uh, it's, it's they shoot horses, don't they? It's marathon <laughs> dancing. It's just Especially now- going to keel over first?
1: especially now with the juiced ball era being back. And listen, the Giants aren't even that good. They're not a good-hitting team, and they got 12 runs up on the on the Colorado Rockies. And what inning is this? They're only in uh, – I don't even see the inning. It's early, and I know it's not late in the even game. Even the scoreboard – even the scoreboard quit. Is it the third It's the third inning, and it's 12 nothing Giants, top of the third, in the third inning at Coors Field, and the Giants are laying a biblical beatdown. On the Rockies. And there are, as we used to say on their sports updates, countless dozens in attendance this afternoon at Coors Field.
0: Via satellite. Um, (laughs) Jim Leland, one of the great managers of all time, one of the great people of all time. People forget he managed the Rockies for one year. He'd like to forget that year. When that season was over, in tears he quit. Because he said, you can't manage here. How do you run a a, a pitching staff? How many innings are too many innings? How many runs do you need? Generally speaking, one more than the other guy. But most of the time it was five, six, seven, ten runs, and then they come from behind and tied. You can keep Colorado. (laughs)
1: Last thing, Charlie, and that's baseball, obviously, and everybody's complaining about all the home runs, but you talked about the Chicks dig the long ball era. So we've seen it. I remember having a conversations on ESPN radio, you know, with a lot of the baseball guys about the live ball era, the dead board, dead, dead ball era. And now it's juiced again. And I know the pitchers don't like it. Is this good for the game? We're seeing all these home runs.
0: I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm of the old school in, in watching and loving baseball growing up on old school baseball. Um, and I, as I was watching the Home Run Derby the other night, and some of it admittedly was exciting, um, Jock Peterson and Guerrero Jr. But that was like, it was, I felt like it was like passing the baton on to the next generation of baseball fame, where they're more preoccupied with launch angle, exit velo, yes. war, and all this other stuff, instead of how you play the game. And so everybody is so now hung up on the home run and the shift and striking out or walking uh, just in your mind's eye. If you have three monitors in your, your in your palatial dicks there, Anthony Giuseppe Bruce, yes. you have three monitors on the left monitor. You have a hockey game mm-hmm. on the right monitor. You have an NBA game. And in the middle, you've got a baseball game in the hockey monitor, you got guys skating up and down and shooting the puck 100 miles an hour and elbows and blood and stuff. In the NBA game, you've got guys running up and down and passing in and three-point shots. In the middle monitor, you have guys standing around in a shift waiting for a pitch to be thrown. How do you sustain that? Baseball is also entertainment above and beyond the saber metrics. That's where baseball has to figure this stuff out. If you're just waiting around for a home run, you're going to wait a long time. And the the days of stealing a base, hit and run, uh, sacrificing, that's all done now. So there's no action on the monitor except from the time the ball strikes the bat until the next time it does. And if you're striking out a lot and walking a lot, that doesn't happen often enough. That's, That's my spiel.
1: What is your launch angle right about now, Charlie? As you hit seventy,
0: I'm just happy to see you.
1: <laughs> so, to sum up, apparently you would probably not be a fan of Gabe Kapler, former Dodger uh, employee, now uh, trying to hang on with the Phillies here as they take uh, face the Dodgers. Kershaw tonight here in Philadelphia on the- it's Italian Heritage Night tonight. So I may have to go over there and do it with the Antala.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, and you can uh, you can keep it. <laughs> uh, to be, to be uh, charitable, diplomatic, I don't see the game necessarily as many of the new age managers do. But that's not to say it's a wonderful game. When played right and the tension is mounting and it's a playoff game and every pitch counts, ain't nothing better. But when you're, uh, we're sitting around, it's 12 to nothing in Colorado in the middle of July, waiting for another exit velo. that's where That's where I'm missing it.
1: Well, you got it all. You got it all, Charlie. You don't have to miss anything because you've seen so much, just like I have. That doesn't mean we're done. It means we've seen the good, the bad, and, of course, the ugly.
0: And we'll get to see some more. Exactly. Good Lord willing, and the crick don't rise.
1: Well, Charlie, if you get back to Philly, I mean, I, I, I'm so disappointed because I wanted to have bring you out to dinner and bring the chief into town and celebrate your 70, and my mother's 95th birthday this week. We could have had a gigantic mishpoka. The whole mishpoka would have been here. A mishpoka. <laughs> nice. That's, that's an Italian word, right? Exactly, yes. Uh. Try with a little extra garlic, olive oil, B- E-V-O-O, a little extra garlic <laughs> in there. There's no such thing, uh, Charlie, as too much garlic or too much red that's wine. That's exactly
0: right.
3: Charlie, we could have kibitzed in the kibbutz.
0: Oh yeah, that, oh. and and been kosher,
1: totally kosher, <laughs> totally kosher. Charlie, it, I, it, you know, I could talk to you forever. We've just talked for almost fifty minutes, and it feels like ten minutes.
2: That's for you, it. maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 no, it's great to have great to have this freedom where you can have a guest on and just talk as long as you want, as long as you feel like it. And it's been it's been great reminiscing and catching up and
0: it it feels like we've had a reunion. Yes. It, it, it does. really does.
1: Well it's great Thanks, to talk to you.
0: Thank you. Robin, thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, let's put your hands together for the great man. He is leading us to freedom. The great Follow me. Follow him. Follow to freedom. me to freedom. He's not even on you're not even on Twitter, are you, Charles?
0: No.
1: Okay. So I can't follow you on Twitter, but I can follow you to freedom.
3: Well we have people here Charlie, we have people here, the greatest fifty minutes in radio.
1: It really was.
0: Oh man, what little competition.
1: (laughs) Charlie, thanks, brother.
0: We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys.
1: There is a great Charlie Steiner. You're not getting that anywhere else. You can't do that on radio anymore, can you? Can you? Can you sit down and do fifty minutes with Charlie Steiner uninterrupted?
3: No. You can do it on some
1: podcasts. The good thing about Charlie, I mean, he's a friend. I, I've, I've lived through all the stuff that he's talking about, the Wimbledon thing, which a lot of people don't know I unless have not you're heard around. That story. It's one of the great stories of all time. So, Fourth of July in the 80s, and your boss at Wimbledon gets into a comp- physical confrontation with a reporter. At Wimbledon, of all places.
3: I can only imagine the conversations that you and Keith must have been having and the laughing, laughing hysterically on your side.
1: No, that's awesome. It's great to, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've been around a long time. I know people, oh, you're old. Yeah, I'm old. But when you're older, that means you've had experiences. Yes. And if not for Charlie, a lot of the experiences I had would not have been made possible without him believing in me.
3: I did a quick search. I did not see any old film, video, or photographs. There's tapes of it, somewhere. I guarantee
1: you, Keith has the tapes of that that Saturday.
3: If anybody does, he does. He's
1: got the tapes of the RKO Radio updates where Charlie Steiner got into a physical confrontation at Wimbledon. I mean, it was international news so this is like crazy. somebody throwing down at the vatican you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like stuff you don't see reporters fighting you may see him at like eagles training camp when you got a couple of hothead local guys who are pissed off at each other's uh, columns you know, you see that you see guys pushing and shoving a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of competition with bloggers and reporters and, and now, podcasters. And, and, and now
3: and, getting into uh, some kind of an argument fight that leads to, to, to physicality yes. is not as unusual back in no, those back days. back then you never was, saw a reporter. never saw anything like brawling
1: that. in a, at Wimbledon. For God's sake, it's unbelievable, man. It's my hero, Charlie Steiner. When I grow up, I want to be just like him. About three years from now, <laughs> when I hit seventy, but that was a lot of fun. I hope I enjoyed it. And we thank you all for listening. You know, we still have to play, Robin.
3: There's a lot of stuff to play. and we got to play phone, our Jim
1: Ross conversation. Yes,
3: and our phones are open again. And the
1: lines are ringing. 215-462-TONY. 215-462-8669. Uh, we got to do our Planet of the Update, uh, uh, Planet of the Apes update. yet. and
3: I also want to let people know if if you have been a frequent frequent caller, mm-hmm. we might not be able to get to you again if we have other callers who have never called before. We're kind of like trying to to give it a little bit of a switch up. So so just so that you know, if you are and in
1: most days we don't yeah. have we're not we're not loaded with guests. We don't do a fifty minute interview. But when we have that chance to yes, and I thought of it this morning when I woke up. I'm saying Dodgers are in town got to call Charlie. So I call him at 8, I call him at 11:30 here, not knowing it was 8, not realizing he was still in LA where it's 8:30, but he was up. Yeah. And proving that when you're 70 years old, you get up early, especially in LA. You know what I mean? You're not you, sleeping in you, all day.
3: Or you get up often.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> you either get up early or So I thought often. he was
1: here and I figured, "Hey, it's 11:30, Charlie's in town with the Dodgers. Uh, let's pop him on, talk some baseball." And then of course, then I see the Pernell whitaker thing, so it all starts coming together. Because Charlie, obviously, you know, did boxing for a long time. We were both at the Olympics in L.A. in 84. We both saw Pernell Whitaker as a young man. We both saw Evander Holyfield when he was just starting as a young boxer, you know, in the Olympics. And so we we experienced a lot of these things. So uh, I put the Pernell Whitaker and the Dodgers, and I said, Charlie Steiner. So I called him, and I still had his number. And the interesting thing about Charlie, his, his, his cell phone number is still a 860 exchange because when he lived in Connecticut, and he moved oh, he to kept L.A. It all those years. because the same thing that happened to me. Remember when I lived in L.A.? I got my cell phone. I had a three ten number, right? But when I moved back to Philly, and you try to change your number, then you've got to alert so many other people. So what we did, Robin said, why don't you do oh, a second yeah. number, right? What does that call when you have a number but you want to have a local exchange as well? When people call it, it goes to the same phone, right.
3: number. right? Well, we had a we had a Google Voice number that we yeah. Used. So what I
1: did is I would give out my two six seven number. And then people would call me, and or I would call them, and it would show up as a 267 yeah, instead of a 310 number. I never actually changed my 310 yeah. number, but then people were like, who's this? Yeah. And I'd say, the person you just texted. It was so I said, I got ready. And then Charlie right. did the same thing, because he had an 860 number from Connecticut. And then he decided, everybody, it doesn't matter where you live yeah. anymore, what the exchange is, right? Everybody's got unlimited plans. Exactly. You don't have to worry about long-distance calls and that stuff. So Charlie kept his number, because he realized that if he changed it, he would have to notify everybody, everybody. what his new number is. Yeah,
3: so we we got rid of those. So Charlie still has his
1: go. Connecticut number. I still use my L.A. number. Hmm. And he lives in L.A., and I don't live in Connecticut.
3: Now Other some, than that. Some quick housekeeping. I want to thank uh, EA Here Yak. Just resubscribed with Twitch Prime. And for those of you who are unaware, I can't imagine... Anybody being unaware. But today is Amazon Prime Day. There are all sorts of fantastic. That's right.
1: It's, so what happens on Amazon Prime Day other than Robin orders another million things? There
3: are all sorts of amazingly fantastic deals available on Amazon if you are an Amazon Prime member. Or even if you're not, I believe that there's incentives to become Prime members because then you get free shipping. But um, there, even if you're not a Prime member, you can purchase items for much less today. Now what
1: about a subscription to the Tony Bruno and, Show on Amazon well, Prime? Well, th-
3: That's the same. If you have an Amazon Prime account, then you get your Amazon Prime, and there's probably and you people... get this show
1: for free if you yes, have Amazon you do. Prime. and you and don't have to have to wait till Amazon Prime Day.
3: And I want to remind people that if you so desire and you want to support the show, there are still items on our Amazon wish list that who knows they maybe they're even on sale right now.
1: Wow, that's a good idea, yes. Rob. Uh,
3: what's in the box?
1: We have we're going to do a, a and we
3: do have two boxes that um one that we actually did open up because I wanted to make sure that.
1: I had to sign for it, so I knew it was some sort of either uranium or something that cannot be delivered without a signature.
3: So, Tony, I don't know. Can you reach it or maybe maybe Jack Jack can reach it? Now, the
1: box has already been opened because when the guy says sign it and it was heavy, I'm thinking maybe it's a neutron bomb. But no, you know what it is? It's wine, ladies and gentlemen. The what's in the box? First box. Uh, what's in the
3: box? It's there are the how many bottles, Tony? How there many are... bottles are in
1: there? <laughs> four. Exactly
3: right. There are. Everything
1: four. is coming. in, sort of like the uh, the Tyler Skaggs night the other night. Everything numerically is matching up. There are how many bottles?
3: Four. four bottles of I think it's pronounced Sherret or Charrat.
1: I think it's just two R's and two T's. S H A R R O T T Winery, 2710 Cabernet Sauvignon from the beautiful pine forests of the outer coastal plains. Yes. See it says plain no plain I'm sorry. See I did floral again. It's the outer coastal plain out there.
3: And in I don't California. know Hello. The, the, it,
1: Actually it, no it's in New Jersey. It
3: did not say who it was from from the box. No, that's the winery itself I believe.
1: Yeah, that's the winery. Larry. Larry yeah, oh, Larry. so Larry is the this is his winery. It's oh, from Larry Sherratt at the well, winery.
3: Either that or Larry. That's the uh, address that it's sent from because it's sent from Charot Winery. I'm not sure. Or one of it, the
1: listeners texted or, or, or made a message last week on our stream chat and said, "Look for wine or something in the mail," and I thought he was joking. So that was from last week.
3: So my question is, and I'm putting it out there, if 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 who sent this to us? Are you Larry Sherratt? Is this your winery, or did you purchase us wine from this wonderful winery and you are wanting us to try it? Not come. It's oh, so it says eight five six agent said that it's from me. Now eight five six agent, are you Larry? See, there's therein lies the confusion.
1: Eight um, five six agent. Now, I remember somebody saying the wine's coming, but this is th- this is actually a New Jersey winery.
3: Yes, so I'm and very it says crazy. right here.
1: Our Cabernet Sauvignon is earthy, earthy, with blackberry aromas and hints of mint and vanilla. Aged in American oak, its medium-bodied character makes it perfect, a perfect pairing for grilled chicken and lean red meats. What about fatty red meats?
3: I don't know. but I'm sure we, it goes
1: with fatty red meats, too. We,
3: we will definitely be opening up one of these bottles on Red Wine Friday. Yes,
1: tomorrow. we will open this baby up. We'll save it for Friday, so let it age. This is 2017. So it's been around for a couple of years, yes, and so it's going to be superb, I'm sure.
3: Okay, so he's he's clarifying. not Larry though. He's not Larry. He's but not The Larry. wine is really, really. He's good. not
1: his other brother Larry or his other brother Larry. <laughs> so he's not from the yeah, winery. He I just shipped so. it from the winery.
3: I, that's what that's what I originally thought, but then when you mentioned, I was like, well, maybe he is. So no, he is not Larry. Name, what
1: is your he first name though? So at least I can not Mo and not Curly. I know, I get it, Swedish Chef.
3: So we want to thank you very, very much, uh, Eight Fifty Six Agent. For these we have to make a road songs. trip up there. I know. I didn't it's realize it It's in Winslow, it's so New
1: close. Jersey. Not Winslow, Arizona, because that's such a fine place to, to see. It's a – it's a uh, you remember that song, Robin. Uh, and I've been standing around the corner uh, in Winslow, Winslow Arizona. Arizona. It's From the Eagles, Take It Easy, yes. for those of Take you who don't e- know e- the song. Easy. That's good knowledge right there. So we have another box we have to open up, too. So thank you very much for the wine. You know we will serve no wine before it's time. Actually, we will. We'll serve it whenever we get it. And we will have it. Now there's another box. Now, Jack, are you going to rip that up? Wait, we got to do the the open-the-box segment. This has to be done officially, Jack. Jack started ripping it off. Give me a little Eagles. No, not the Philadelphia Eagles. And not Carl Winslow, of course. Remember which old Carl Winslow was the dad in? I don't. It was on Friday nights on ABC. See, I didn't want to step on that. Not Kellen Winslow. And certainly not Calvin Winslow Jr., unfortunately. His name is Mike. Mike! So take it easy, baby. That's right. Take a brush of Joe, do it. You know who Carl Winslow was? He was the dad on Family Matters on Friday night. I remember my daughter loved that show. Every Friday night it was Family Matters. Really? Remember and it. And it was the African-American family, Carl Winslow. That's where Urkel came from, Robin.
4: He's also a pal from uh, the Die
1: Hard movie. That's right. No, he's been he's yeah. been in a lot of movies. I think he passed away, though. i got to check.
3: I don't think. Oh, the dad, you mean? Carl Winslow. I think the dad fa- passed away. Can you away. look up Carl Winslow I will for in me? just a second. But in-
1: Loved him on... on. on uh... mail time. Oh, it is mail time. He was a Die Hard, too. Yeah. He's in a lot of movies. Okay. Here's the
4: mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes,
1: I want to wag... Yes, yes, yes. That yes. Jack, you already opened it and then you put it no, back together. This
4: was opened already from the bottom. I don't know why this was. I didn't do this.
1: All right, <laughs> open it, son, bitch, up. There. Just go ahead, open <laughs> it up. Jack, you even ruining open.
4: Uh, what's in the box? <laughs> or in other words, what's in the fucking box?
1: Exactly. Wait a minute. There's three boxes inside the box.
3: We have headsets.
1: Let me see them. So, wait a minute.
3: Here, can I have the uh, shipping label, please?
1: Shipping. So, Robin asked for this last week on the air. And because of course, of a and I said, How many do we need? And you said, I said, We only need like two. Rob says, No, 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 we need three. So, what do we get? A box with three of them in there. Three. And these are Audio Technicas. And these are the headset mics. And okay, these are I know, this
3: is fine. So, this is from, again, the most amazing supportive. Listener ever in the entire freaking world, AJ Lopez, who purchased us the last three on our Amazon wish list, and for he those purchased
1: th- all four of them. Oh.
3: Yes. So but now
1: we have four headsets, and we're going to use these when we go out and do remotes, so that we because we're not going to have all this equipment right. with us when we travel. So,
3: one of the problems that we had about doing remotes is that we would have to break everything uh, down and then package it up and then set it up again. Correct. And setting up these boom mics and uh, – excuse me, the scissor mics and, and – Scissor. The, and having the stands and the weights. You like the scissor, by the it, way, it was It was a lot. So um, it would be – one of and most people nowadays, when they travel, exactly. they travel with with headset mics. And then when I break
1: into play by play, I seem I look more authentic when I'm doing this. Yes. the two. So By the way, the Giants and I'm up
3: thirteen
1: to nothing, <laughs> and through the going to the bottom of the fourth at Colorado at Coors Field.
3: So these are fantastic. Um, they have all the cables that go with the um that the, the plug into the regular professional boards um XLR and headset so it's all in one we don't have to bring mics we don't have to bring other headsets all we do is bring those and boom we're good to go
1: and as they say in spanish headset of bro- de broadcast estero con micrófono de haste dinámico dinámico you know what that means robin
3: there's nothing else in there. It's already empty. No, it this, means. This was at the door when I walked in. Oh, oh we got another package today? Oh, yeah. oh man. Oh, what's in the bag?
1: <laughs> what's well, a bag. We're going to have what's in the bag. I
3: did not know that.
1: <laughs> it's not, well, it's Robin's son's birthday, and we're getting all the presents. Screw him. He's <laughs> in San Francisco.
3: All right. So this is, this is a surprise package that I have no idea what it is. Is it more wine?
1: Uh, the, unless it's add your own water. You know, just add water, and it becomes wine.
3: This is... Uh, what are these? It says here, hi, Robin. And this, By the way, other people that give us gifts, make sure that you put these like little gift notes in there so that we know it's from you. But this is... Uh, <laughs> well, you're already
1: complaining and you're getting no, a gift?
3: <laughs> no, I'm not complaining. I'm saying oh, that he did a great job. Uh, this is from uh, from the fabulous Paul Lindemann, otherwise known as Pal6558. He says, hi, Robin and Tony. I've been following Tony since his ESPN days. He's still the best in the business, enjoy some quality cable action on me and come back to Minnie the animals have thought out. So this is Ah, this is another one of our awesome cables that we need. And
1: Paul's in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, yes. right? Yes. So in the Twin, Twin Cities? Lord. It is thought out now, yes. there, isn't
3: it? So, I mean, here's a, th- this is the thing. You, th- we have all, all sorts of different price ranges on there, and um, instead of having to break this down and utilize the cables that are already all nicely situated and going through... Um, our our set pieces, we then, when we're going on remote, then we have a different cable to, to, to pack with us. So this is awesome. Thank you <laughs> so much, Thank Paul. you.
1: Thank you, Paul. By the way, we just see what the Colorado Rockies... So the, the broadcast that we're watching of this game is actually the Colorado Rocky broadcast. Look what they've done to the screen. we got to take a quick picture of that, Robin. The Rockies are so embarrassed at this game. Ah, they just took it off. We'll have to rewind it. They actually did... You know when they have the markers where they can make lines on the screen? <laughs> The One of the broadcasters took his pen, the digital pen, and he crossed out the score on the scoreboard at 13 to nothing. (laughs) They're so embarrassed. i got to take a a screenshot of that. It was hilarious. All right, you can stop right there. It's right there, Rob. You'll see it. Wrist roll it and then stop it again, and you'll see what I mean. Whoever is in the broadcast booth for the Rockies (laughs) has scribbled out on the it. screen, the score. <laughs> that is absolutely I'm put brilliant. put sad face on there. That's something. absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that is absolutely great. That is really, really cool. That's a sense of humor there. The home team guy covers up the score. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way you can't. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. That is. You funny. know what you can run for? Run for the Ma- Rockies. <laughs> exactly. Run for the mountains. Isn't that the core's thing? What's their one I, other thing? Head for the mountains. Head for the mountains. <laughs> Get the women and children out of there for their own safety. It is thirteen nothing Giants. And he's, scro- he's scrolling out. He's scro- look at that. He's doing it again on the screen, <laughs> crossing out the score. That okay, is unbelievable. I will. Po-
3: you know what? I'll, I'll post this. Post that.
1: That's really really funny is that Jeff Samarja, of course, former Notre Dame great Jeff Samarja, wide receiver in college, as you well remember, Jack, because you know that stuff. I gave him a roaring round of applause. I mean, that's the kind of attention that I, I – see, everybody talks about me being out of control. I, did I not notice that, Robin? and Immediately yes. alert you that – That was somebody, pretty impressive. And I don't have the sound on that the the Colorado Rockies broadcast TV team <laughs> having a little fun. The game's on the MLB network, but he, scroll, he crossed out the score. and did it twice.
3: You know, while well, I post that, shall we go to the Jim Ross interview yes. so that I pull that up first? So now this
1: isn't a long interview. we got five minutes yeah. with him because the reason we didn't do a longer interview with him is because we were supposed to meet him there at 1. And because he was coming in from, from uh, Florida for the wrestling event, the AEW event on Sunday, on Saturday night in Jacksonville, he was supposed to be there at 1. He texted Robin, hey, our plane arrived late. So now we got all these people standing in line who are supposed to have a private meet-and-greet with him from 1.30 to 3, and that's when the event started where it was a full question-and-answer session. So all these people are lining up. We were there before anybody. I mean, there was nobody there. Right,
3: because he was hoping to get there early, get so, there early so we could so sit, sit down. Ha- and that we would have time before he had to be exactly. with anybody else. So now
1: I'm worried about these people standing in line because that's how I am, and he's not there now. It's 2 o'clock, and, he's pe- and the line is all the way out the door at Dave & Buster's. So I'm saying, am I going? to, You know, we're not going to be able to. So he comes in, and we he, we're sitting down, waiting for him. And I said, Jim, I said, I know you got a long line here. He said, he said well, let's do. It. He said, let's do a couple. And we had to go somewhere. We had to be somewhere yes. at four, so we couldn't stay till five, because we were going to Ed Nastis family's. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. At first, 50th he said, anniversary d- he said, party. Can you guys wait till afterwards? And I said, oh, we really. That'll be five o'clock, so we can't. wouldn't be
1: able to go. So anyway, Jim says, well, let's do something right now. So I'm uncomfortable because I don't want the people standing in line to think that I caught in front of them because I didn't. And Jim says, "Let's do this." So we did it. So, Robin's got our new rig that we got from who?
3: From the fabulous AJ Lopez.
1: And so it is a beautiful. It, you'll see these everywhere now. It's basically a steady cam. right? But it's I like a selfie to, stick.
3: I, fo- I posted it on Twitter and everything. It's Jack, really have you cool seen like-
1: this thing? It's like the selfie stick where you put your phone on it. Yeah. And then you have control of everything, not having to touch the phone. You Glad can zoom in. You can. So you'll see, Robin did this. It's a gimbal. Not the old super, not only <laughs> the department store Gimbels. Okay, yeah, no, Gimbels was the big department store on Market Street, which is now a parking lot in Philly. But anyway, this is Jim Ross yesterday, live here in Philly, at Dave and Buster's.
3: Hold on, now I... You have it, Yeah, I do. I had to do it all on this computer, which makes it a little bit more difficult. So, all right, we well, have here it, we go. and and there's
1: it works. All right, he's back in from Jacksonville. Saturday night, now it's Sunday. How you feeling, Jim oh, Ross? Sleepy. It's good to see you, man.
5: your tongue? no good, no good, man. It's called coffee, folks, and energy. And I was telling Tony on the air, when you get to be my age, and you get booked, by God you go, so here I am. I watched some of the podcasts. We were overseeing uh, Jeff Lynn's ELO. talking about
1: legendary performers. Jeff Lynn, great singer. You know, and it's funny because you're an older guy. I'm an older guy, Jeff Lynn. We can still keep it going. People, a lot of younger people are not respecting the greatness that is Jim Ross. I mean, I do, and the wrestling fans do. But what's going on out there? Why do people not respect
5: greatness anymore? Well, they haven't tried (laughs) blue (laughs) cheese. One of my great sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. And I told Conrad, we've got another sponsor. Our other sponsor is Manscaped. It's testicle cream for deodorant and to soften your skin. I said, that's going to be an interesting read. No, but that's, that's something we all need, right? <laughs> so would I would hope. Some of us. All right, last night, Saturday night, yeah. Jacksonville, great crowd. Mm-hmm. I, I got to watch the pre, but then I had to run out. Went really well. Yeah, it was good. And we had it.
3: Buffering, it sorry. Buffering? Oh, an error occurred. What
5: kind of error occurred?
3: How rude. We are rolling
1: along in my automobile with no particular place to go. I
3: know. This is just rude when an error occurs. Hold on. Let's go to. Obviously, people
5: are loving this. It's funny. Here's the funny thing about this. Here's how strong social media is. Here's how strong this outlet, for example. People should never underestimate these things simply because uh, the social media power, the muscle, is incredible. Last night, we had guys come out, got introduced. Shocking pops. the big. Oh. and I'm thinking, how the hell do they know these cats? They have, they're not a WWE regulars, they're not, you know. I'm talking about not guys like me, that has been there or Jericho, mm-hmm. new guys. But the fans follow them on the streaming and all these things. They become now they're they're over, they're stars. And that's why the podcast, the J.R. Grillin, I mean, you got so many things going on. Yeah, I enjoy that too. Conrad's a great uh, host. I told him the first time I did a show for him. Uh, they sent me my script. It wasn't a script to memorize, you say this, I say that. It was just a, it was on a topic and it had all the backstory of the topic. Uh, and so uh, I got the, the script, it was like 90 pages. I just like reading a goddamn deposition. It's amazing how big this thing is. So uh, he's, got a, he's got a staff that there's researchers. We have researchers, Tony. I yeah, have a researcher right there, Miss Robin. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> well, we you gonna Where you gonna buy like Miss Robin? I ain't gonna brag about that deal, but we we got some good people. Now you got another pay per view coming up in August, right? So August thirty first, yeah, in Chicago. And so
1: you're traveling around. I mean, Jacksonville obviously is the home base, right?
5: Well, we think so, de facto, yes, but not officially. Okay. I I, I got a sense it might be uh, in Atlanta, only because our relationship with TNT starts in October uh... prime time and i think it's going to be on wednesday night i'm not being invasive but i just don't know yet but it's going to be packaged with all the nba stuff and tnt is a a network absolutely so it's not like people have to search for us we can be family so that's going to be a big difference there last thing is still going to be oklahoma football i mean you're not going to give yeah, up I'm, sooners right? my, my home in norman and uh... you know my grandchildren are in tulsa so, Grandpa's gonna hang in Oklahoma for the for a while. I'm not against taking trips. So, ladies, you're out there. <laughs> I got Bluetooth, and I got a little cash. He's got Twitter. I got Twitter <laughs> at JRSBBQ. Uh, and I've also got uh, good credit cards. Exactly. What do you need? You don't need anything else so I except really. some good barbecue. Yeah, and I got a suite at OU Stadium. I, my, my late wife and I bought into a suite. She got to use it one year before she got killed, and so I still got her tickets. and... And we, I go, and it's kind of melancholy, to be honest with you. But I, I love it. I love it. My family, friends, you know, the tailgate is great. It was man. awesome seeing you come out in Jacksonville while they were playing the Oklahoma fight song. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I told. Uh, I was kidding on the upper, higher ups in AEW. Said, here's how much we've got to work. If JR is getting the biggest pop of the night, we got issues. Because <laughs> they ain't gonna see my fat ass no but No sense No, great no, dressing ties. I a promise you. Jim, always appreciate some minutes with you. Thank you oh, so thank much, you, man. You're the best, man. You. You're a legend, right. brother. No, I'm not like you, man. Jim Miss, Ross, Miss everybody. Miss and Miss Robin.
1: And Miss Robin. Don't forget her. Thank you. How great was Jim Ross? All right, he's back in. I could have talked to just like Charlie saw. I could talk to him for an hour without even blinking an eye. And that's the reason we had to cut it short, because he had a line of people. Yeah. But he was nice enough to do that. We talked to him last week, said, hey, yeah, definitely, I'll come in, 1 o'clock, we'll sit down, we'll do it, and then boom. So we really didn't get to cut, cut cover a lot of things. But we talked about AEW, and there were some people critis- crit- critical of it. And I said earlier, the reason that wrestling is so popular is even if you get something wrong, people are talking about it. Like last night, here in Philly, Extreme mm-hmm, Rules, mm-hmm. WWE, right. big event at the Wells Fargo Center, and people were complaining because Brock Lesnar won at the end, the Universal title, whatever that is. I think he gets a couple of tickets to Universal Studios in Orlando and in Los Angeles. (laughs) But anyway, so people didn't like the fact that he won. So what do they do? They get pissed off because what the purpose of that was was now they know they can build up to SummerSlam or the next big pay-per-view. So if everybody's happy... Then they're gonna say, oh, I don't need to watch the next pay-per-view. If everybody's pissed off because they don't like the results, Smart. then they say they gotta come back and watch the next pay-per-view. That's what marketing is, and that's what the genius and that's why the WWE is blockbuster. And the people who say that this new A and AEW, all elite wrestling, isn't going to work. Why would you be against it? Because there's more product out there. Yeah. Do they take stars from other yes, that's what they do in all sports. You get the you get a couple of stars. You start your own company. By the way, they have Shahid Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville jar- Jaguars, one of the richest guys on earth, buying into it. His son is actually hired wins? Jim Ross and said, "Hey, we want you to do this, and we want a guy who's a legend in the business to be and the face of the everybody product."
3: Loves. Everybody loves. Everybody loves Jr. Person out there who doesn't love Jr. Exactly. And uh, so, so you heard him mention about you know that he's a little bit lonely and and the making jokes about women. So now he is officially on my. I'm still awake. It's after midnight. Who should I talk to, List? So (laughs) I I told him. I said, "Okay, expect expect text messages if I'm bored and nobody else is awake. I'll text you." He goes, "All right." (laughs) He's like, "I like that." He's just
1: a great, great guy. Not because because I know him or because he's listened to me or I listen to him. He's one of the best there is is out there. And the fact that I have a chance to get a chance to talk to him is awesome. Yeah, but it's a shame we didn't have more time. Though we got to get when he comes back to Philly, we got to get him down here in the wine cellar. And we'll do like an hour with Jim Ross. How great is that? Absolutely. How great is that.
3: And let's not forget the, w- the other person that was also supposed to. We were supposed to do a double interview. Was uh, Conrad Thompson? Yes. He was going to be part of it, but because they were so last minute and
1: and they had to do they right. had a, it, it had all actually, those people there.
3: Conrad actually started d- dealing with everybody that was standing in line exactly. so that Jr. could come over and, yeah, and do a little fun. quick one. So. And you know,
1: I'm a wrestling. I'm uh, one thing about because people always eat me. I'm like, Why don't you talk about wrestling? You know, I used—I was a huge wrestling fan, going back to Bruno Sammartino days. You know, and George the Animal Steel, right. I used to go watch wrestling tapings yeah. at the old Channel Forty Eight studios. Yeah, you
3: tell me every time we go by there, like that's where they used to We used to, to do tape it.
1: wrestling on Saturdays there, and then they would re-air them the next Saturday. So they would do tapings as live, but they didn't say they were live. But it was people in an audience. They would bring people in, sit down, and then they'd bring out the biggest names in wrestling. And so I grew up watching wrestling. So I don't hate wrestling, but the problem is the whole thing is there's so many different divisions and new guys, and I don't. It's hard for me to keep track of all the new wrestlers. And I don't have you know. I don't hate wrestling. I get it, but I I went through all the eras. You know, I remember in, in New York in the 80s when when uh, you know when it when it reinvigorated because they were going. When Bob Backlund was the champion. Remember when Bob right. Backlund was the WWF champion before they became WWE? He was a clean cut guy. And people were like, ah, this guy's just a good wrestler. You know, he doesn't have any personality. He doesn't have shtick. He just went out there and wrestled. And that's what launched the era of all the characters. The guys like, obviously, down in Tampa. The great Hulkamania. You know, you go down the list of all the amazing, amazing, talented guys who were showmen. They weren't just wrestlers. They made it a show. The good guys against the bad guy, Killer Mm -hmm. Kowalski. You know uh, the Iron Sheik. You know you had the enemies. You had Where's the, the Russians. The- you had the Iranians. It was all about. It was all based on current uh, real Andre like, the Giant. Andre the yes. Giant. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But the Hulkamania era.
3: That was re yeah. re
1: energized wrestling.
3: My little brother was during that era, and he just uh, and I didn't get it. I did not understand the appeal at all at the time, and now I get the showmanship, but. Um, by the way, I have a. I want to rewind here before they disappear. Uh, Clarky Bob, we need some more Amazon deliveries. I agree. We will always love them. We love them. We, we love had them. Three today. They, I know it was that's a awesome. record.
1: I think that's a new single day <laughs> WWE.
3: Uh, but don't forget
1: AEW wrestling uh, it's, record.
3: It's Prime Day today, and I believe that I. I, I, I think thought Prime it, Day
1: was like in the winter.
3: No, there's... Do they do
1: multiple Amazon Prime Days?
3: I, mm, I, I don't know, but um, but I think that they also have all sorts of specials going on for people that are becoming Twitch Prime people. Mm-hmm. So that so.
1: So if, they did this just for yeah. us, so people will know, right? That they now on Amazon Prime on Prime Day can go and get Tony Bruno Twitch TV exactly. slash Bruno Nation live They're subscribe. Prime Day today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one day yeah, thing anymore, Robert. Two day. Because Thank you, they Ed.
3: Couldn't fit everything into one day. They had to do two days. So tomorrow is Amazon Prime Day as well. Um, Senior twenty deep says Tony Khan. Tony Khan is amazing. No, and Tony
1: Khan is his name. That's the son.
3: Oh, okay. That's common Khan. Shahid Khan
1: is the father. He's the, the billionaire. So, Tony
3: Khan is amazing and a wrestling fan, which yes. is what makes him that much better for this. No doubt about. Really it. Grief. And as
1: I mentioned, he got you have. First of all, you have. Big money backing. That's not some fly by night yeah. organization that's just saying, "Oh yeah, we got some money. Well, let's do this thing." And,
3: and the money's not just suddenly going to disappear, and then people don't and, get paid like a certain organization that just went under again.
1: And by the way, TNT's involved. Yes. So you got a major network that's going to air your product. So you got the major thing. You got major financial backing. You got fans who are willing to come out. And as he, as Jim Ross mentioned, the fans in Jacksonville they already know all these. Yeah. Uh, And they're not even the big names. Everybody knows Chris Jericho, but like even the the up and coming stars. Well,
3: I think uh, his point is it's different now. The reason why they know all these names is they don't have to wait until they see them on TV because all these guys have social media accounts and they're promoting themselves. And yesterday at David Buster, there was a
1: whole section of memorabilia signed autograph, pictures, DVDs. So people who are into wrestling at that level, they're into everything. I mean, yeah. they're buying DVDs. They're buying autographed pictures. They're getting – it's just like any other phenomenon. And wrestling went away for a little while, came back, and when you think it's going away again, there's another generation of younger fans and the old school people who are still – be, you know why? Because there's action. You know, when people say, why do you watch wrestling on a Monday instead of a baseball game? Because these fans want yeah, action.
3: They want action. And as Charlie
1: Steiner, who does baseball, was saying, you know, you put three sports on a screen, and the baseball one is the one that's running the slowest. And that's why a lot of fans are, are gravitating to either video games, Fortnite, all these other things, because there's action I know, involved. I
3: mean, honestly, if you had those three screens up and and baseballs in the middle, you kind of go like, "Hey, is the middle one? Is it buffering? Is it frozen?" <laughs> no, nah, but people should... <laughs> still love baseball.
1: I'm not. Uh, listen, I love baseball.
3: I know, but if but you love baseball because of the history and the game, and and there's there's a there's part of your heart is in it. But if Let's be honest. If baseball were introduced today yes. as a brand-new sport... Well, that's Keith
1: Olbermann's theory. Yeah. He, he's, he said that, and nobody's a bigger baseball fan yeah. than Keith.
3: Exactly. So, anyway,
1: I'm not here to bash baseball. I no. love baseball. But, anyway, uh, um, no, they were not... There was no. You know, I should have brought some copies of Madden 05, 06, and 07 <laughs> yesterday... <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be important memorabilia. I would have been signing, but we had to go. Well, we had to go all the way up to Bridgeport by four o'clock. I know. And here we are, and it's three o'clock, and we're still interviewing Jim Ross.
3: Vorpal J says, "How about this? What if Bruno plays the new Madden game with a celebrity guest live on Twitch when the game comes out? I bet they would even send Tony an early copy. I'm sure that they would. But here's the problem: Tony hasn't really played Madden, and he's you're not like a major major video game. No, yourself. I mean I was good you back enjoy, in the day, but you, I,
1: there's so much. There's so much. Pro- the reason I don't play the Fortnites and the newer games,
3: you would become addicted. I would
1: become addicted. Then yeah. I wouldn't have. Then so, I wouldn't be able to do a show every so day. So this is what. Maybe we... I should play video games during the show and do a combination of a sports slash video gamer because everywhere you go in every city, but what you... do you see on telephone poles, oh, I Robin? Know. Madden I know. tournaments. But here's NBA. The thing. This is NBA a better idea, Tony. Yes.
3: And Vorpal, let's see what you like about this idea. Instead of Tony playing the game. He hosts a Madden tournament. So you do play-by-play. You do commentary. I'm available. See, that makes much more sense because this way I am saved from you becoming addicted to video games, which might as is well never a good it. idea. <laughs> and then everybody that is participating in the Madden tournament would get to enjoy your fabulous commentary.
1: Well, it goes without saying. Doesn't but there are smart sense? people out there. They, they put together these tournaments. And there's a lot of Madden tournaments, so they like charge you an entry fee to get in, like seventy five bucks, and then they say the winner gets seven hundred and fifty, second place gets whatever, and that's and and they go on all the time. Who should be doing that more than me? And, Nobody.
3: And one no, from
1: I mean, I mean, these people have nothing to do with the game; they're just smart business people. I know.
3: And one from Cal uh, Cali two hundred nine says, "But you are a gamer, Mister Tony Bruno. No, no, no. Tony is a player." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. You know what I'm so, saying? But, um, <laughs> I, Tony, absolutely. Jack, he's, your thoughts on what we've been discussing here game. today. No. Whoops, Wait, whoops, t- Let's on. turn the mic on you. I
4: will say this. Um, um, if you notice where the old spectrum was. That parking lot's going to be a video
1: game. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be an right arena. A, yeah, there's going to be a, it's like a
3: video game arena that um, the Sixers are going to be part owners of, I believe. If
4: you don't latch on to something like that.
1: Oh, no, you know, it's going to be huge.
5: It's, it's going
4: to uh, be huge. These you watch TV. <laughs> these players
3: are millionaires.
1: You go into a bar in the middle of the day, they got all these eSports yeah. tournaments going on on one of the screens. They're going to take away the talking heads and put up and e- That's what they do, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. It's, and these are the younger generations <laughs> that are now... This is, their, this is what I'm, they're doing, and they're going to be doing this for a long time.
4: I'm, I'm raising one. My 15-year-old son, I swear to God, I'll get up to use the bathroom at 4 o'clock in the morning. I see a glow in the basement. He's down there watching someone else play a video game.
1: I know. That's uh, the Ninja on, on Twitch. Oh, there's, oh, a, well, there's, he, not, there's a lot. And there's a lot. He's the not the only, only one. Yeah. He's the biggest. You know, AJ and San Antonio pretty much nails it. Forget comic Con. <laughs> when is Bruno Khan? Oh, yeah. Not Tony Khan, who was is the son a- of the great Shahid Khan. In And you know, Shahid Khan has that great handlebar mustache.
3: Yes, he does.
1: That's a good look <laughs> right now, there,
3: Now, uh, just because I want to make sure that we are recognizing everybody, so we're going to do it all in one chunk, I want to um, thank you, D. Ruiz, 1971, just subscribing on Prime. Woo-hoo! Beautiful.
2: Beautiful.
3: Um, Rebel Man, AJ in San Antonio, K. Bry... Um, Let's see. D'Amico 215. Jolly Roger 673. Trevor from the 203. Scrapple Joe. And...
1: And Mandine is in there too. And Dean. And everybody,
3: Dean. thank you so much for it's all like, of your bits. You do not understand how appreciative we are, even if we don't get around to mentioning it because we're actually in the middle of talking about something um, else. Your bits do make a difference, and we thank you. It is your way of showing how much you love the show, and it's like buying us a drink. So, uh, with, without us having to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> although you know we wouldn't mind a drink as well if you ever see us <laughs> out and about so do not be afraid to approach us like some people i'm approachable i'm not yes. like megan
1: Rapino who like somebody asks for an autograph rarely and i don't even make eye contact with a person and just hand hand them back something Unbelievable. Again, i don't rude, rip her again but, but you know what i've never done that in fi- i'm not as big celebrity like she is let's be honest i'm not pretending My i'm not putting myself in that stratosphere the rare times, and there have been times where people considered me a celebrity, mm-hmm. and they would ask for an autograph. I would be, I would be, absolutely, I would be honored. I, I'm so honored that people would actually it's say, funny. "Hey, can I have your autograph?" Because Why would I not look at them?
3: The, the the funny part is when people think that you're so much of a celebrity that they're afraid to approach you because they're like, "Oh, we don't want to bother." i I'm, not. I'm, you I'm regular yeah, so a regular person. So are all these
1: other kid. people, by the way. All these other people, just because they're more famous and because they have a gazillion yeah. dollars. They're regular human beings. They are,
3: but sometimes they two-time you. And, and I, get
1: it if you're, if, I get it if you're hassled. The thing about the Megan Rapinoe thing that I saw over the weekend that bugged me is that she wasn't, like, walking down the street and no. people were swarming on her. She wasn't at an autograph show where a lot of people there, they pay money and no. you sign. You know, and, and one of the things that I've learned as a sportscaster all these years is one of the biggest complaints we get from people who are sports fans is when they go to, like, whether it's a baseball game and they're, like, supposed to sign for an hour outside – you know, you can walk on the field and then play. You take a right. picture, and then one or one player. All it takes is one player to say, "Hey, you know, we're, we're, I gotta go, gotta go now," and then people will take that as their first experience with a celebrity or an athlete, right. and say, "That guy was a jerk to me. I'll never watch or talk to him again." That's the point. If you're nice to people, and you're so, so celebrity, mm-hmm. and they're supporting you, yeah, they'll always remember that. Oh yeah. And it's just common sense. It's not like i better be good to these people because they may become fans one they yeah. know. It's just what's inside you. You're, you're grateful because you're happy to be in the position you're in. And I never thought, to this day, I never thought I was a celebrity. I would always be, as I said, I would always be sort of in, in embarrassed that people would think I was somebody important. I wasn't. I'm a guy on the radio. But when I see celebrities in, a, in, a, in an environment where it's not that hard to sign an autograph and look at somebody and say, Thank yeah. you.
3: Can you? Like I
1: usually thank the people who ask for my autograph, not vice versa.
3: Not even a glance. I mean, it, it was And people it are defending. Listen, I'm
1: not ripping her. I don't care what she does. I'm just saying when people are posting this stuff, and the, the reason a lot of people like her more than they do is because of her political views. Right. I don't use political views to determine whether I like somebody or not. Mm-hmm. I think the women's team is f- phenomenal. I don't hate any of these women. I don't care what their sexual preference is, their hair color. Or their political views. They're the greatest women's soccer team of all time.
3: But you know, we have an update that even when you are a celebrity, sometimes you do not get treated this, or sometimes you do get treated the same way as everybody else.
1: We're going to do that one, but I got to do the other one too before we get out of here, Robin. Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. It's four o'clock already.
3: Yeah, I know. The show's (gasps) over already, Jack. What did you do? I don't know. Should we save some of these for tomorrow?
1: Yeah, especially the one we were talking about. Drinks and stuff, and you know, for the price of a drink, you can subscribe to the show. Okay. Actually, that's cheap for a drink five uh, four ninety nine a month. Where are you getting a five dollar? You can maybe get a five dollar beer at that's a happy half hour a beer
4: at the Phillies game.
1: Yeah, the Phillies game. You can't get a beer for under twelve dollars. No. <laughs> the point is, for the price of at least for uh, uh, for not even a, a cheap well drink, you can subscribe to this show for one month. You know what I'm saying? What are you pointing at, Robin?
3: Um apparently there's a Ben Simmons update. Yeah, no, that's the same story from okay. last week. Okay. I didn't they know. just
1: made the deal public because they can. Ben Simmons has signed his max out contract with the 76ers. That's not that's not new news. The only thing that's new is that they actually finalized the deal. Okay. So Ben's Robin, trust me.
3: I just didn't want right, to I was making sure that four ninety
1: nine you to- or you're out of your mind. Mo- four ninety nine a month, you can't buy a well drink for four ninety nine. You can't buy a beer for four ninety nine. You can't buy anything for four ninety nine in a bar. By the way, it is now fourteen to nothing, as Crawford, Brandon Crawford, has just jacked one out of there. Oh, it's fifteen nothing Giants in the top of the sixth. Can't they just? Can't the Rockies just basically concede defeat? Can they just walk off in a forfeit? Fifteen nothing Giants in Colorado at Coors Field. I get you can score 15 runs at Coors Field, but how do the Rockies not score any runs (laughs) at Coors Field when when they've given up 15? They have some pretty good players in Colorado. How do you get shut out by the San Francisco Giants? Now, some are just pitching well, but when you can put up 15 runs and you're not a really good hitting team, how do you put up no runs when you're the Colorado Rockies?
3: Now, Tony, just I, asking. I am just confirming that we are going to keep all of the updates and everything that we had because we went, uh, we we had such a fantastic long fifty-minute interview with Charlie Steiner. We're going to keep these stories for tomorrow. All right. Will they okay. hold? Just put them on ice. They. I'll put them <laughs> on ice. Put them on
1: ice. Speaking of ice. Spe- by the way, uh, <laughs> speaking of ice. No. I can't. I don't know how to work your phone, Robin. I hope I posted that tweet.
3: I hope you did too.
1: The one about the Rockies guy scribbling out the score on the (laughs) screen.
3: I can't wait till he sees. Uh, No, you did not.
1: All right, I see because I can't text when I'm on the air. I I have to focus. Okay. I have a laser focus on (laughs) broadcasting, Jack. As you can see that.
3: I do. Just, just so that. So this is what you wanted. Did you want? I can't even
1: get a look from a hooker for (laughs) 4.99.
3: Is this all you wanted to write?
1: At at Coors Field.
3: Oh, at at Coors. Yeah,
1: that's what I couldn't get. I'm heading for the Rockies. The people are heading for the exits in Colorado yeah. today. They ain't <laughs> heading for the – they're already in the Rockies. The Giants just summoned baseball and said, hey, can we move to Colorado? <laughs> if can we, we move to Colorado, maybe we'd have a better record.
4: Can we switch uniforms just for today?
1: Wow, and the Giants <laughs> just keep lashing out hit after hit after hit. Wow. They could, this is one of those games, you know what's going to happen here, right? They're going to put a position player in to pitch this game hmm. if you're the Rockies. Are you going to start using your bullpen? You're down fifteen to nothing and it's the top of the six. You were down thirteen nothing in the second inning. That's crazy, man. You can get a chicken bake at Costco for four ninety nine though, Robin. (laughs) And a soda too. Remember Robin would get the chicken bake. I'd always get the the hot dog. I'd always get the hot dog and the iced tea. (laughs) Okay. Right, you've gone there. You've been to Costco, right? Yes. The Robin said that hot dog. Are you kidding? (laughs)
3: Sometimes you don't want a hot dog. And those chicken bakes are awesome. You get the chicken
1: bake, yeah. We get the chicken bake. Not the wake and bake. Not the shaken bake. And not the bake McBride. By the way, I was wrong. Tonight is not Italian Heritage Month. It's tomorrow night. And then Wednesday night is Star Wars Night at the Phillies. Woo. By then, if they don't beat the Dodgers between now and then, the entire franchise will be launched into space <laughs> come Wednesday night. In the meantime thank everybody for listening today, watching on Twitch TV. We'll see you tomorrow right here. Same bat time, same bat station. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. And God bless America. It's still the greatest country on earth. world a little
3: Thank you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon.